everybody. Welcome to episode 61 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. And of course, Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, along live the Cowboys. What's up, folks? We're back after a big weekend, kicking off the PBR Canada season in Red Deer, Alberta. A bunch of stuff south of the border. The Unleash the Beast Elite Series, whatever the fuck it's called now, has been rolling full steam, full steady. We got a bunch of guys riding ranked bulls. The bulls are bucking. The guys are winning. It's been good watching. Fort Worth's going on. Lots of stuff in the personal lives as well. Let's get into it now with the boys. First up, Scotty Byrne. What's up, dude? Not much. Just rolled back in from our, like you said, first uh, PBR Canada stop in Red Deer. Sunday night got home and regrouped here. It was a great event. Had some, rode a lot of bulls, AJD. Rode a lot of bulls. Yeah. Um, 14 to be exact. Yeah, championship round. Yeah, championship round. Would we have two 90 and a half? Was that right? Yeah. Yeah, a couple 90s, couple 89, 80. Well, fuck, we, well, we rolled are good. 89, 87s. It's the good. PBR, fellas. <laughs> it's the PBR. Yep. Jason and- Davidson's back. What's up, dude? You were on your phone, so I went to Scott first. No, I actually noticed you've been going to Scott. I kinda, I guess uh-huh. it's keeping it in the family. Yeah, I understand how that works. But um, anyway, Scott's picture's closing on the pod, so I feel like I'm still hanging in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get know. to do that this weekend, guys. I don't, we didn't get I don't know. That. I don't know what you're bitching about. Your still picture still up there, and mine's not. So hey, it was my idea. I just wanted Tanner to do all the work. All <laughs> <laughs> that worked out. <laughs> Here we are, 61 epies later. Uh, yeah, full steam ahead. What's up, Jason? What's been going on other than Red Deer? What have you been doing? You've been rolling, probably just sitting at home, not doing too much, but uh, yeah, you know on? what? You know what? I just, yeah, I'm looking for something to do. Uh, well, <laughs> we I had, had a, a podcast, <laughs> yeah, we had a podcast, uh, Chandler Stevenson, all star game. Um, so I watched him and he was in the fastest skater contest, and then uh, the next day I watched some of that. I was pretty disappointed in the NHL All-Star game, though. I don't know. Shooting pucks at surfboards to dunk guys. I'm not sure what's that, what's that doing to grow the game. But uh, anyway, great experience for Chandler and his family. So I was happy for him. First All-Star I've ever had. Is yeah, it true Connor nice. McGregor took his he McDavid McDavid McGregor or McDavid? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Connor Connor McDavid took his name out of the fastest skating competition. Yeah, he was know. in the he was in the accuracy comp this year instead. Yeah, yeah, oh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to blow a wheel. You wouldn't <laughs> want to blow a wheel or something. You know what they need to do? They need to do that competition with a puck on their stick. That I really do. I think that contest should be back on the stick. Yeah, that'd be a little more interesting. It's yeah. funny. I think they those guys, by the looks of it, they probably just party the whole fucking time and don't really take it serious. It's right. It's more fun and it's for the crowd. Yeah, exactly. And you get to bring your family and whatnot. Your yeah. It was a good, I think uh, Chandler was headed to California for the all-star break when he got the call. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like, what do, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, well, you only can be an all-star once, maybe twice. Who knows? So you better 
you better think about it. And he's, yeah, he turned around about 20 minutes later and headed back to Vegas to get on his flight to Florida. Do they get any bonuses or anything sweet for being an all-star? Yeah, I think, I think each, uh, well, they look after you for sure. It's all five star first class flight, your family, all that stuff. Um, but I believe they were given thirty thousand dollars to each winner in the categories, something yeah. like that, twenty-five or thirty grand, maybe. So, yeah, it's it's decent, I guess. But it's still chance to say you're an all-star, right? Yeah, pocket change for most of them guys, anyway. Well, it is. I I would just like to say that the reason I said Connor McGregor and <laughs> and, and and Connor McDavid was just because I thought you know they should have them guys. Tee off at the center ice and see what yeah. happens. <laughs> well, like you know what? McGregor on skate. Hey, hey, you know what? I, well, McDavid might do all right because if McGregor can't skate, all you yeah. got to do is just stay on your feet, you know? I've, right. I've seen it a few times back in the old, you know, back like when you were a Hornet. Yeah. I uh, I was an ask with Oiler. So, uh, oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, I watched Jay, Jay Fitzpatrick. We all know Fitz. He played in the Western League. He's a tough kid, Fitzpatrick. And uh, there's this guy from Lorburn who is street tough, really tough. A guy, you know, Tyler Thompson tough. And uh, Fitz, he just mopped him up. Kid, kid, He couldn't skate very well. He wasn't a very good skater. And every time he went to throw a punch, Jay just pull on that shoulder and kind of buckle his knees and a correct right across the chin it took a few cracks though before she got his way with him but yeah she was pretty one-sided fight and i don't think it'd be the same way if it had been with a pair of tennis shoes. i know that well yeah. that's that's you know that's partly you know i was uh drafted to the central hornets because of my skills but it was my ice skating fighting ability too <laughs> that that's kept you in the like that that you resigned yeah. yeah, that's great. Every year they're like, this guy's an all-around and he's tough as fuck, too. So <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> since, we're, since we're on the topic of hockey, if we, if we get this game going in Edmonton, um, which we can't release too many details yet to our listeners, but if we get this game going, are you, are you going to be a goalie then? Are you a goaltender? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But, that's I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty versed. So wherever they need me, but uh, I'll I'll stand be- I'll stand between the pipes. <laughs> well, you Probably should uh, you should see if you can get Blaine's goal equipment. I wonder if he I still will. has it. I wonder how many mice are nested in those goal pads in his barn. I, those mice are my cheerleaders. Fucking right, <laughs> okay. Boy, I'll wear them. I don't care. I don't care. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Tanner, you What's had up? kind of the best seat in the house in Red Deer. What'd you think of the bull riding? Yep. Yeah, let's hop into her. You guys don't care about what I did anyway. I just set it up for you guys and they'll just roll on past <laughs> me for what I get up to anyway. <laughs> no, well, I was that's I know what you've been doing the last 40, 72 hours because you've been right beside me. Yeah, I know. Want me yeah. to, do you want me to go through it? New no, but I <laughs> yeah, new Chuck. We can get into that with the with the ad read. What about okay. your, your speeding ticket? You can get into that. How's that going for you? Do you have to fight that one? You go to driver's school? I don't know. Scott, we made it about 10 minutes outside of uh, Red Deer Sunday morning and the cherries. What did you get? About 136 you were going? Got you? Yeah, something like that. He walks up and no sense of ha-ha whatsoever. Yeah. Like, nada. And he had it. He wanted, you've had anything to drink in the last 15 minutes? I'm like, no. <laughs> Any tobacco or anything smoked? And I'm like, no. And then he hands me this thing. To, I had to blow. Yeah. 
Seven. You know, apparently that's banner. I do. Jason <laughs> <laughs> so, nailed yeah. it too. Didn't yeah, it was all good. I'm a winner. Because like, I'm a winner. Be, I win. Let's let's be honest though. Let's be honest that um how many times have you gone got up the morning after you partied and probably were more drunk than when you passed <laughs> out? Like if it's a good thing it wasn't the old days, because if you'd have blew in that thing, probably would have blown up. <laughs> well, if it was the old days, I wouldn't have been up at six thirty either. Yeah. They get they get lots of people for that though, too. That's you know, oh, that's yeah. legit. So <laughs> now I think it's like uh Alberta it seems to be well, the two times that I've been pulled over in the last year, it's been instant blow, <laughs> no matter times. no matter what, right? So, heads well, up for that one, folks. The last time you got pulled over, I was with you, and that we made a pact that if they do whiskey off to the the crowbar hotel, do I do I phone your wife before you get out, or <laughs> wait for you to phone her after you get out? <laughs> Either way, I'm oh, uh, I'm in bind. I'm in a bind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, I though, Red Deer, Red Deer Bar Hotel. You did? Mm-hmm. I got a full night in Red Deer. Oh, yeah. For what? For yeah. what? Back in, uh, I was Nothing. fighting. I was boxing. Yeah, without the gloves. Shit. Yeah. Cody Snyder style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn right. Yes, sir. Damn it was right. a nice sell. Yeah. Plastic pillow. I know one thing: you don't pry the windows open on a Tim Hortons drive-through in Okotoks because there's quite a few cop cars show but show up. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, would that be considered being? Well, I was just trying to see if I could get them to call me a cab. I was on foot for Christ's sakes. You know, just being polite, responsible. Yeah, I could. I've, I've. Yeah. Okay. I've seen you. I've seen you in action. <laughs> I did. You were being real polite. I was. That was speaking of, do I phone your wife or not? Nobody phoned your wife that time. We just bailed you out, and then you were gonna try to keep that one on the down low, and did not. And, I, and, and I, yeah, and then I realized that I have so many great friends. And okay, I figured it would pro, it would probably beat me home. Yeah. So I figured I was. She more mad at what you man? that time than the Morris Manitoba incident or the Saint T, um, take a chunk out of my pin incident. Oh, those two can never be taught for wife on on the wife mad scale. Ten being the maddest. Uh, Morris and Saint Teet were. She was flipping out at about a twenty two point five. <laughs> you know the ironic thing? I was right there with you both times. I know, man. I I know. Yet, yet. Uh, anywho, anywho, into the boring. Yeah, anywho, talk. moving on. Moving on. I might be three total. Three, yeah. three different times. <laughs> that was all before 1993, though. Yeah, yeah. I've grown up lots. That was I considered it education. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm a slow learner mm-hmm. sometimes. And after the third, yeah, I'm done with this place. <laughs> you can't even collect rewards there, like a Marriott. That's the problem. <laughs> There's no hotel points at the Crowbar Hotel. Ain't never coming back. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> okay, Red Deer, let's get into it here, fellas. Big kickoff to the PBR Canada Cup Series events. First things first, I think we talk about, uh, like Scott touched on at the start, all of the great bull rides. We rode 10 bulls in the long round, filled the long round, which sometimes is a little bit difficult to do with the bull power. Uh, and then going to the short round, 
We have two 90s and 89, one of the best bulls that we had last year in, um, what's the black bull that covered Chuck Road? Do you guys remember? Langham Kid. Langham Kid, the top bull last yeah. year. Cover Chuck rides him, and he's fourth in that round on on that bull. So that just goes to show the the short round that we had in Red Deer. So highlighted, Jake Gardner rides Happy Camper, former bull of the year. Coy Robbins goes 90. I think it's his first 90 on a bull called Two Guns, first PBR 90 for sure. Um, Jared Parsonage, 89 on Hard Not to Get, which is a bull that he rode last year as well at the PBR Canada Finals to, to – do really well there, and I thought that was one of the best rides of the night, too. Jared's just a big, tall guy. Makes that thing look pretty easy, but that one could have been up there with those 90s, too. So, great weekend of bull riding. What do you guys think of the of the, the bull riding itself? Bull's a little bit weaker in the long round, some of them, but first one of the year up here in Canada, they're all trying to stay warm and not really worried about yeah. bucking, worried about staying alive. Well, Bernie Franklin, his his favorite line was, bulls don't buck in January, like they do in July. A lot of them bolts have taken on their winter feet. See it in the fall if the weather changes. Like even, but it's just like in Edmonton, yeah. you know, the bolts take on their winter feet and they get that, they get gutty. That's what livestock people call it, that winter gut. So it's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I pulled back on, on owners. I just wanted those guys to make sure they knew how, what they had for numbers and work those bulls a bit, exercise them a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. The, I think uh, overall, though, the crowd, you know, everybody that rode one got back. That's the best part. Mm-hmm. Aaron had kind of a tough go. But bad luck on a couple of bulls. Had enough after four. Yeah. Yeah. Tired so, out. So, so clarify for me, um, on Aaron's last bull, did he push the challenge button or did someone push it for him? He pushed. I don't know. I was, he I was in arena. Yeah, I was in arena, and the so the he got. What would that have been? His third re-ride or his fourth re-ride? That was his that fourth. Point. That was well. That was the third re-ride. Yeah, he yeah. was get about to get on his fourth bull. Yeah, right. And yeah, and that third bull, um, the, the flank came off, and when he hit the ground, I think momentum, everything that was going on, he hit the button, and then as they were reviewing it. He's standing there. He's a little sore, <laughs> a little tired, and he's like, "Oh fuck, I shouldn't have hit it. I don't, well, I'm not going to take the re-ride anyway." So then they yeah. came and they're like, "Yeah, you got a re-ride," and he's like, "No, I actually don't want it <laughs> anyway." Yeah. So it was just kind of a. He was the last guy out. There's a lot of shit waiting on it, and whatever was going to go down. The bull was one that he didn't like. The next re-ride bull, and he seen that as well. So just one of those deals where he hit the button in the moment of it, and then rethought that and and then that was it and that's how it how it ended but i just i did because I, I didn't see who initially pushed it so i was wondering if he wasn't planning on taking it why would he push it but that makes sense the way you explain it tanner he's like yeah screw it i didn't yep. you know yep. didn't really want it anyway <laughs> he was done for the day that, that yeah that time there so prescott took a good fucking smash oh <laughs> boy <laughs> like, well we had to touch on that because uh cover chuck like we said lay him kid and pick peacock gets him deep and uh up against the fence he goes and um he luckily was okay but uh 
the we talk about Justin Trudeau a lot on this podcast, and that was a full on Trudeau blackface when he got up. Not to not to make light of the fucking of a wreck, but it was pretty fucking funny. I think for most people, the white the whites of his eyes that was it. That's all you could see because his teeth were even black. <laughs> well, I, I know we talk about it, and we we all need a little luck in this sport. And if if when you watch that back on the replay. All kidding aside, for the amount of time he spent underneath that bull on his back, he is very lucky that he came <laughs> yeah. out of there. That he came out of there with just the black face. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah, it'd be a little sorted up. I'm sure it stepped all over him. But uh, yeah. that thing, like, fucking came with it oh. to the fence, through the fence, and then tried to kind of lay on him for a little while. Too. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, yeah tough son. And then he gets up, and uh, we were laughing in the locker room afterwards. It was the... Um, after all the NFR escapades and the Rocker Steiner F bombs, and the, the, you guys had the camera right on his face. And uh, if you counted them up and doubled them, every F bomb that, that came out, he's probably about 100,000 in fines right there. Yeah. 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 And, and ready for a fight with somebody, too. Yeah. He wanted to, he was ready to punch somebody. Yeah. It's like the same, like Frank Newsom. I remember when Frank would get run over same thing he'd get up and it was like fucking yeah. everybody step back he's wanting to fight you know yeah. <laughs> pisses him off and they go a little go a little loopy and want to get at her get even more aggressive well it does you know what getting run down like that it hurts your you know you're i don't care who you are when they're knocking you down and you're underneath like that and pisses you off it yeah it hurts yeah. your pride a little bit and you know the yeah. only good thing apart about it was that that was a bull and not like one of Lindsay Collier's rank cows and she's dragging her udder all over your face as she goes over, you know, that's even more hard on the Was that ride, but. speaking of old yeah. cows? Uh we you, ever, you and I ever you and I ever do Maple Creek together? CCA roading? Who, you and me? Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Two or three. Did times. you get in between one of them or was it TJ? He got inside this old cow horned cow. He was, she got him up against, it wasn't you then, eh? No. It was TJ. <laughs> TJ got him up against the fence and he couldn't get out. She had one, like, uh, one horn that really come around and hooked and got TJ in his pads. He always wore hockey Cooper alls, right? Which I don't know why. I guess <laughs> he looked around maybe. I don't know. Anyway, he got caught up in there and couldn't get out. It was like a good six, seven seconds. She was just kind of, and I think she was done with him, but couldn't leave him alone because because he was stuck in their arms. I promise uh, you, Scott probably can attest to this because there was lots of the the Brahma cows when you were around too, Scott. Right? But mm-hmm. nowadays, at those fucking rodeos, when there's the cow riding, you you pack up and you be ready because you get more wrecks with the fucking cow riding than you do in the bull riding. Those things are oh, hot I, and take things out mean. I said the last two years of my career, I got bumped around and hooked around and front footed more by cows than I did bulls, you know, honestly. And yeah. who packs those cows bits? these days? Who who owns all the um, cows for these rodeos now? Moxus, Moxa Pro Rodeo yeah. packs a load of cows and uh Dwayne Ashbacker. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, packs a load of cows around. So it's usually one of one of them too at where is all the old well there'd be next generation of them. But it uh with where's all the X six cows? Did they sell them or are they just are they just raising babies now? I think they've just moved away from the steer riding, the steer riding, and just into the the breeding business instead of packing those cows around. Oh, yeah. They just stay at home and make bulls out of them now. Well, you three bullfighters uh, sitting here, you will attest to this. When I 
you know, you talk about bulls and how mean they are, and they are, don't get me wrong. But when a cow locks on to you, <laughs> she ain't quitting until she gets you down. <laughs> she is not. She's like, she's like Reagan when I get home from fucking St. Teach. She's locked in on you and she is not letting loose till till you're dead, till you're down and out, right? TJ let one TJ let one knock him down and Cornac Sask. Were you fighting? No, you weren't there. I don't think I, I was. I was bulldogging with Uncle Ryan, <laughs> and we get there. And TJ hadn't went to bed. I, I guess we can too. tell this story now. It's twenty five years ago. But he's all he's all he's pretty hummed up when it the bull riding time. I think he'd had a couple beer or steer riding time, and he went sliding in there like TJ does to turn a cow back. And uh, the cow come, and he didn't even try and get out of the way. He just hurtled right there. And she bucked around him and mopped him. Like she was just <laughs> rolling her head on him. And he laid there and didn't even try to get out of the way. Well, Stan Weatherly rode up to us. Ryan and I, we were must have been helping the kids on or something. He goes, hey, you two better be handy in the bull riding. Or standing by and be ready to be handy in the bull riding. I think he's going to need your help. <laughs> I believe he got knocked down and mopped around a little bit by old by Smurf. Smurf. That time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, but the cow got him best though. <laughs> All right, that's a good. That's a good uh, momentum swing for our bullfighting. Uh, Adri, boys, get hooked up for the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations. Get hooked up. Hooked up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They are the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, and stay hooked. And remember, I keep forgetting to bring this up, but uh, use the code NFP for a discount. I think it's 10%, but don't quote me on that, but it's definitely a discount. So go check them out. Talk to the boys and get hooked up. They'll hook you up good. Um, Crowd-wise, Jason, looked like we had a banger of a, of a crowd. Great event. Police was fired up. Everybody was rocking and rolling. That side of things, production side of things, looked like things were good. Yeah, doubled it up. Doubled the crowd. Um, well, we kind of got the run around there last year. We got pushed out till June instead of February. So we were competing against some local events going on. Yeah, it was, it was good to see. Took a walk around the concourse and uh, lots of young beer drinking PBR fans. So that was really good to see. And I think we had them, uh, we had them hook, line, and sinker all performance. They were engaged. Yep. That was badass. And then I liked that it was kind of, had my generation of bull riders there. We had Chad Best Plug on the back of the shoots. We had Tanner Gerlitz on the back shoots. Tyler Panquitz. We had all the boys yeah. coming to hang out. There was lots of yeah. Gerlitz was there. Ace Northcott was there. Denny Halstead was there. Shit, we had the whole had the a whole reunion. Crew. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I missed Ace. I had him on the pass list, but I missed him. I I don't know how I missed him, but anyway, I did miss him. So, uh, yeah. Um, we missed Zane though. No Zane Lambert. Yeah, so and he's texted me his mom's birthday, we, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah. happy yep. birthday, Mrs. Lambert. Yep. So we yeah. uh we had a visit with him on the way home, Tanner and I though. Yep. Yeah, he was gonna he was thinking about making it. He'd got home from Manitoba and was gonna make the trip up, but saved me a headache anyway, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and, and, and him one too. Yeah, yeah. that is <laughs> Uh, last on the Red Deer event was our picks. Mine looks fucking great. Um 
no big deal. Uh, Coy Robbins looked like he was firing on all cylinders, as I predicted. Jason's Brock Radford had a tough go there. He's a little soared up. He's got to get that leg healed up. But luckily right now, there's only one event a month. Scott Griffin, he was down south. So you get a cop out for that because at least he was velocity in and riding on that. And uh, our bulls, the only bull that was out that we had picked was uh, Deep Creek, Scott. And that one does look good. That one did. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to get a new pick. Why? I I picked the wrong bull. Here's my dilemma. Yeah, let's I meant... Oh, no bullshit. Because I, well, no. If you go back to the final, I put him in the championship round in Edmonton. It was that Rusty Rivets, not brand new guitar. I just got a new name. Anyway. Oh, I could see how you get those two names mixed up. I know. Anyway. similar. (laughs) God. Anyway, our good friend Justin Bowles, give me a heads up. That brand new guitar passed away. Oh. Sick and passed on. So that was shitty. And I'm like, but he goes, uh, you should have picked Rusty Rivets or something. I'm like, that's the one I meant to pick. So then he texts me right ahead of Red Deer and said, don't want to pick him either. Broke his leg off, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And then they sold Phantom Fury. So that's a big blow to the hogs pen. But yeah. Yeah. I know they're deep. Yeah, they're are, deep. are you guys letting me pick another one or no? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. We'll give you that. We'll give hey, you what that. Did you- what did you guys pick? Scott's got Deep Creek. I got Hebes Hooch, which we haven't seen yet. I am going to go with Valid Airtime here. You're wasting. You know yeah, what? Edit button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, what would you guys pick? 729 I, Langham Kid or 467 Cranky? I I would pick that bull of uh, that Koi got on in the short goal. That's a Two good guns? bull. It's a good bull. Two guns. I'd go happy. Yeah, he's just pretty good. He's pretty Ooh. good. I'm going with my good friend Josh Parise and Happy Camper. Happy Camper? Yeah, that's a good no. pick. Buddy. I'm gonna do it. He ain't yeah, going he's... nowhere. He ain't going. No, nowhere. he's not. Yeah. I know where he's going. He's going to every championship round. That's where he's going. Yeah. Nan- Nans- Nansen Vold said to me, "It's a good thing you picked that uh, Deep Creek this year because." If everything works out, he won't be around here next year, he said. <laughs> yeah, I could see him going about mid-July, though, too, also. So I I talked to Jader, who that's Jader's, uh, Natson's boys' bull. Yeah. I, I said, okay, here's the deal. If he wins bull of the year, I think that's a $10,000 bonus. Yeah. You and me go halves. And yeah. he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I said, okay, we'll share a beer, but don't tell your mama. He's like, okay. Uh... <laughs> Okay, well, we got that straightened up. So, um, oh, I had a good story. Well, not really a good story, but Jason, our, our uh, Dan Post Boots, which is our, our sponsor on the Canada Cup Series events. He, we all got our vouchers to go get some boots, and I went to the local Lamleys here in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, picked out myself a nice set of boots, which Scott told me looked like <laughs> Megan's boots that I was borrowing, but I still think they're very nice. And uh, Really? Uh, I don't mind them. I didn't mind no. them. Hey, uh, good it was, work though. A nice, couple nice plugs for Lamley's band posts. So yeah, you no free ads, but uh, okay, we'll give him those. But yeah. I went into the locker room and I'm doing the concussion protocol test that all of us uh, bull riders and bullfighters had to do beforehand. And I look, no down, way, one of the my, girls is wearing them. No, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been, I don't know. but uh, when I laughed. <laughs> Peacock girls in the room, fucking peacocking around, and I look and I'm like, nice boots. And he's like, nice boots. 
Same set of boots. We're like, oh, fuck, great minds think alike. Brock Radford walks in right after him. Hey, nice boots. Hey, nice boots. All three of us bought the exact you guys same better put your, of boots. <laughs> you better put your initials in them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, that would so, be – so let's get Scott teasing you guys about your boots at the next event and see how he comes out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> So we might need some more. Uh, we might need a few more Dan Post boots at the Lamley, so we can mix those up a little bit. I think would be would be good. Um, Fort Worth, Texas. We could touch on that. I got to tune into quite a bit. That was perfect. After everything during the day, you get home at seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. You get to watch Fort Worth Rodeo on the Cowboy Channel. Got to watch our 3D athletes and through the roof. I thought Zeke Thurston did well. Dawson Hay wins it. Uh, our rights. Let's get into that, Jason. What do we got going on with Stetson? He's number one all around, number one in the bronc ride and number one in the bull ride. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I don't, am don't, not, don't I'm gonna, I, I will not be surprised if that does not change. He stays there. Yeah. yeah. He looks fucking good right now. Holy He's already bronc riding. That one bronc yeah, ride on that black and white paint. Holy, just styling him out. He's, I, I don't even know how to describe it. He's yeah. just a freak at it, you know. He's already got twice as much money to date right now, eighty thousand, than he did a year ago. And what wow. Fort Worth's like the second second rodeo, rodeo of the year. He's yeah. only been to two rodeos. Yeah, not bad. No, no. Yeah, yeah he rides them good, so that's pretty cool to see. And um, oh, speaking of Jordan, Hansel, we got to throw yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, that's too bad. He was he was uh, making his way through those rounds into uh, the finals and just got buck well on his get off. Eh, he rode yeah. that bull. Made a great round, and, 88, 88 and a half, yeah. Jordan Hansen. And what we're talking about is in the wild card round, eighty eight, and then he when he got off, separated his shoulder, and he thought he'd be able to ride through it. And it must have been right close because they had Kai Hamilton waiting in the wings, and it was like twenty minutes or something. They said before the rodeo that Jordan, the Tandy must have told him that it wasn't going to work or they decided that it wasn't going to work but long story short he was out and then he was out of red deer and all that so separated shoulders though they're not like dislocating it or tearing it out unless there's something else wrong if it is just a separated shoulder i haven't talked to jordan yet but it's that that's a couple weeks you know like it's I not like a surgery him. and a dislocation yeah. and all that shit but yeah mri this week I yeah. believe is what so, he said so and you can kind of tell just the way he hit eh? like yeah he was holding it yeah, and it's just and when if, they if he get if they made him get an MRI, that tells me that they think that that'd be something else. You know, yeah. If it's just separated shoulder, which hockey players, lots of people, you you do that, right? It's an impact, and it's where your collarbone and your shoulder meet, and you see lots of guys where that little bones poking up on their on their yeah. shoulder. And that's what that's from is separating their shoulders. So, they're hopefully the MRI comes back, but that tells me that they wouldn't have wanted him to get on, and they would have wanted him to get an MRI to make sure there wasn't something else going on in there. So. We'll keep up to date with that, but poor Jordy is just he's growing and all that other stuff that's going on, but he's he's riding good, and we just got to get him healthy, and then he's going to be kicking ass. Jake Gardner as well uh, made a couple good rides there and has been traveling and hitting the road, and I think it showed in Red Deer, you know, just going mm-hmm. and staying fresh and riding. He's riding. You good. know what? Interesting here. Look at the three guys that you have trouble seeing all summer long on the PBR trail are sitting first, second, and third right now. And they'll all be here. They should all be here for Lethbridge. So it'd be real interesting to see what uh, what their plans would be if they do well there. Yeah, that's good. The guys are excited. There's more money added now. And, and like we all know, the PBR Canada is in a good spot where these guys are 
enjoying it, wanting to be there and wanting to take home that money. So I think it'll be good. It'll be a good race. That's for sure. Cause there's this weekend alone, any one of those guys could have won that event, right? Everybody that was there was good bow, bow hands. So good. Well, and, and, and thanks to you and Blaine and the whole crew, um, you know, that no entry fee thing is huge too. I like, I don't care who you are. That's you can roll in and not have to pay an entry fee. That helps a lot. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, right there, you're right there. You're winning. You know what I mean? Well, so, a lot of those guys are 27 to 33 events on the average. So that's, you know, that's a 2,800 to $3,500 deal right there Yeah, that you're not spending for yourself there's your sponsorship yeah. that also yeah. and also to clarify which lots of people that aren't rodeo people maybe that are listening are bull riders and rodeo contestants when they go to these rodeos and these events they have to pay to compete they pay an entry fee of anywhere from a hundred dollars to four hundred dollars at some of these rodeos right so uh, what you guys did with the pbr canada this year has taken that aspect out where they don't have to pay an entry fee but you added the prize money. So that money, when people do pay that entry fee, that money goes towards the pot. So you're kind of That's betting right. on yourself. You're riding yeah. against each other. So by you guys taking the entry fee out and then adding the money, that was you guys doing a solid by putting more money up. So yeah. it doesn't come out of those guys' pockets, but they're still riding right. for what they would have been riding if they paid. That's that correct. Yeah, yeah. You'll still win the same money winning first. In fact, you're going to, it'll be more at some events. We were, you know, we were, we were uh, doing events. Guys, 19 guys so it'll be like they're a full slate of 25 years. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's good lots of good things happening south of the border we'll get into uh that with uh some of the highlights going on down there jose vitor lemmy my pick um comes out with another win in sacramento california no big deal big surprise there look out i think the coolest thing pick? who would you pick let's see who you pick Pardon. is that isn't that jose's like third uh, event win this year already yeah does that make sense did i hear that right the other day? yeah yeah i think so i think it's his third one of wow well, there's been like seven or something so jason picked cooper no Kaike pacheco who oh yeah also looked really solid the weekend before in indianapolis takes home a 93 on world champion contender bowl this year ricky vaughn who we talked about on the last podcast um that's one that the guys are going to love to get on but kaiki styles him out away from his hand looks looks really really good scott you went with lockwood i don't know i didn't really see much of the highlights no no dice no dice 3d 3d bull riding athlete silvano alves the three-time champion of the world took a bit of a fart knocking um that actually made the whistle it was right at the was it did he make the whistle there i i think he did did he not okay i don't know uh, yeah, I just seen him go fucking good night, Jim Kite. Two of them, two 3D athletes. Good night, Jim Kite. Yeah. Brazilians, holy wow. That was uh, that one, no helmet. Yeah, there. holy, that's a tough that, feller. Yeah, and walked out of there. Yeah, leaking. That was a that's a big as he gave whammy me a, as I, you could get. Yeah, I, I messaged him the next day and he gave me a fist bump back right away. He said he's feeling fine. So uh, wow, that is that's a rank. What bull was that? That was Cool Whip. That's uh, the white, also world champion contender. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. that's He's a, a classic champion, previous classic champion, and uh, coming in there. He's big and strong and. He's getting smart, moving ahead like that. Set, set yes. the wow up, and then come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, try I, this one. Try this move. 
<laughs> so we'll see you on that. My bull moonlight party looked great. Had a couple good outs. He's one that I think the guys are going to really like getting on to. So hopefully that'll keep him uh, with some good bull scores, getting those guys to pick him and get good bull scores out of it again. Riding solo, boys. Whose pick mm. was that? Scott, that you? No, Jason. Riding solo was Jason. Once again, Indianapolis pulled the event. Looked untouchable. Yeah, he was he was through the roof. Through the damn roof. Looked really great. Scott, you got Norris Scott. I haven't seen him yet. Um, I know. I had a few, so hopefully he kicks her out. Jeez, I hope he's been doing I hope he's been doing better than the other wild hog bulls the last month. Yeah, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Move on. Move on. Move on. Yeah, he's nothing nothing to see here when he comes back. Yeah. Um, Andrew Alvidrez, I think, has been the biggest story. Keyshawn Whitehorse steps up again the last two weekends. He was kind of on the cut line and then moved himself up into the top 15 again. So great to see Kevin back where he belongs. It's kind of that first start of the year. It's always a stressful time of year for the guys because you're trying to you're trying to get those world points and you got to kind of draw the right ones and have everything come together because you only have, you know, I don't even know what it is anymore. It used to be five opportunities, five events to stay on tour for the rest Same. of the year. Are you, is it? Or you were going back to the velocities and starting from scratch. So big time of year, stressful time of year. Do your job, get those points gathered up, and then you know get up to that world world championship race. So I know that'd be a relief for Keyshawn to get back in that top fifteen, back where he belongs, and and rolling. But Andrew Alvidrez, man, he wins two events this year, and then like I talked about on the last one, you see some guys that do good and then they kind of taper off. He hasn't tapered off one bit. He's just been kicking ass. He's been smashing out good bull rides. He's been placing. He went to Indianapolis, made a bunch of good bull rides, came out of there number one in the world. I'm guessing Jose is going to move in front of him now after um, after last weekend. But pretty cool to see this guy doing stepping up and, and having a career year right now. Yep. You know who else looked good on the weekend in red here? We didn't touch on. Uh, Coverchuck. Coverchuck number two man really in Canada good. right now. Yeah. There's another guy. He's gonna be trying for for three, man. He's gonna be trying for three. <laughs> yeah, he's looking really good, actually. Blackjack, he rides some scories in the first round, and then, like we said, Langham Kid, which he made him look dumb, and Nuppels isn't isn't an easy one for sure. Just rode rode all I the thought, head off him. I thought the kids did all right too. Uh, Weston, Davidson, yeah. Stephen, Tanita. They didn't, you know. Yeah. Weston was four tenths of a second from getting back. He would have definitely came back in deep. Yep. After a couple of rewrites. And Stefan was his third bull. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. His third bull too. But you can tell that that winter run helped those two. hundred um, percent. They're yeah. ready. Oh, yeah. They're ready they're to right. go. They're feeling yeah. good too. They're confident. They know. Right. It's it's always a good feeling. It's good for them. Tyler Craig and as it, well. Road good. Yeah. Yeah. And it is uh it is a fact that when you're young like Stefan and Weston and those kids that your neck can bend like that and not hurt <laughs> I was like Stefan do you hit the ground and his neck was like uh it, you can't even describe it and he kind of hung there for a second for a while hey, it like, would have been a oh toss up who's who had more dirt in your face him or him <laughs> or Prescott yeah yeah <laughs> I, Chad Best Plug was standing beside me. I went, Oh man, he goes, It's okay. When they're young, they're a lot more bendy. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Very much so. Um, yeah, so that kind of gets us where we need to be with the highlights of all that stuff. And then um rolling on into some other aspects of the show that we get to. Did you guys see that um Splash Mountain closed down? Did you guys see this? Yeah, I seen some. Oh, and Disney at Disney. 
Yeah. yeah. I didn't see that. I thought you'd be all over that, Jason. The woke, the woke society got it closed. Why down. is that? Why is that? Yeah. Why? Yeah. There was why? Like old Disney characters on there that they've now found are like they were Never get not politically correct again. and all that sort of stuff. So they they had no. to shut that shut that ride down. But I think they're going to turn it into something else or something now. Yeah, they are. They are. I heard that, but I didn't realize what it was for. I thought it was just kind of dated or something. Yeah, no. that's what I thought. Fuck. Well, well, the society got them, boys. Made them not taking out. my grandkids there ever. Not yeah, getting a that dollar place. from me. I've been there like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> One time, a cool story. One time, best plug when he won Calgary and we yeah. were all traveling together. You were there, Scott. We were beforehand, me and Pazabon were like 18, so we weren't allowed to go anywhere sweet yet, like Vegas or anything like that. So going into Calgary, we made a plan that if one of us won it, one of the four in our truck, that they had to take the rest of the guys on a trip somewhere, somewhere cool. So we're figuring different places out. And because me and Trent were fucking little kids still, we decided that Disneyland, because we'd never been, was where we needed to go. And so those the old guys agreed on it, and Chad ends up winning it. Scott and um, all the bullfighters tackle him in the mud that yeah. year when it was just straight pouring down rain. And uh, I think the four round went a couple four rounds and it yeah. was cool. It yeah. was like full yeah. drama. We had the hell Aaron, of moves. What did Aaron, Aaron, Aaron was second. Yeah. yeah. Aaron rode Risky Remedy. Yeah. And he goes on the stage and, and, uh, and we wouldn't even, didn't even really know if he remembered it. Right. Cause there was so much stuff going on throughout that hour when he won it. And he goes on the stage and they do the, interview with him and they ask him what he's going to do with with all of his money and he said well me and my friends are going to disneyland yeah and no shit so this is a shout out to all the people that win calgary and different places like that make sure to shout out something like that because it was like two days later and the representatives from disneyland got in touch with them and said hey i heard you wanting to come here and uh, comped it all eh? comped, comped it. it yeah comped our flights comped our hotel rooms gave us passes for the three four days that we were there and it was epic epic adventure tyler didn't come <laughs> he didn't he was pretty old so it was just me and chad and um Fazibon that ended up did you guys it. make chad take you on a holiday that actually cost him some money no we were good with that we were okay with that <laughs> okay well well maybe we should talk to him because yeah. he still owes you one yeah, yeah maybe and maybe that. uh maybe your co-host from the nfp podcast now yeah full crew That'd be nice, That'd yeah. be nice. Hey, Scott, what do you think about that well i'm i'm all in i just they better open up splash mountain <laughs> no 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 we're not going there we're all enough to go to vegas <laughs> oh, oh okay yeah yeah we're oh, all enough for vegas, oh, great another time another time uh twilight yeah. um yeah i gotta zip to vegas just the two night trip. trip yeah yeah but you don't even, you're not even taking a suitcase won't need one yeah. well you're <laughs> yeah, co- well you're talking to twilight phone. <laughs> <laughs> you, you better phone reagan while you're talking to twilight for me too that'd be great yeah if you wouldn't mind no no vegas stories family show family show great. family show okay and then kind of uh you know you never want to have to touch on things but it's part of our western lifestyle and it's news and you never want to talk about people passing away but um, it it happens, and I want to touch on a great cowboy in the team roping world that uh, passed away while we've been away in Kevin Williams. And yeah. um, Scott, I'm sure you probably know Kevin and Jason through the through the rodeo world. He's been an integral part of team roping and, and everything involved within um, the CCA rodeo community and everything out here in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta. Just a, a great, great guy. Yeah, I uh, was shocked, first of all, to 
to hear that. And um, um, I had talked to, I didn't get a chance to go to his funeral, but talked to Dale Claypool and Kelly Brace. They said there was well over 400 people there. So just a testament to, to his, um, his life. And I traveled with Brendan Fisk last weekend and Brendan lived at his place for a couple summers training horses and stuff. And said he was a gem of a man, you know, nicest mm-hmm. guy in the world, never yelled at anybody, never got any disagreements. He just did his thing. And uh, yeah, he's going to be missed around the, you know, around the rodeo world and, and uh, um, my condolences to his family. Yep. hundred percent. So, with that, um, Robert Smith, who's a good friend of the show, uh, is was very close with Kevin and and you know all the team roping stuff and all that different stuff. So I reached out to, to Robert to get a few words about Kevin um, due to the fact that I know who he is, um, but I didn't think that I could do him justice on on the man that he was. So I'm friends with uh, his son Tristan, who's a few years older than me, but um, you know running some of the same circles and stuff like that. So um, with that, Robert. Uh, sent me some uh, some words that I just want to read them out to, to everybody here in memory of Kevin. So Kevin Williams lived outside of Candiac, Saskatchewan with his wife, Joan, sons, Jeremy, Tristan, and daughter, Haley. Jeremy lives overseas with his wife and kids playing hockey for Hellbronner Falcon in the De- Dell 2 Hockey League. Tristan lives in Pinoca with his wife and Haley lives in Regina. Joan remains on the family farm in Candiac. At one time, held a PMU contract, rancher, CCA timed event stock contractor and team roper love the cowboy way of life and watching the youth excel in whatever discipline they chose. Many contestants at the timed event end of the arena got their start at Los Kevos arena over the years. And many still hang out there to this day, practicing, sharing food and drink with Kevin and Joel. He loved everything about rodeo, but was passionate about team roping competing in the CCA with a few partners over his career. He had a few Different traveling partners over the years, but some of his most treasured runs were with his son, Tristan, doing the spinning for him. He qualified for his first ever CCA Finals Rodeo in 2022 at the age of 58 with partner Kevin McCannell. Kevin had fun in the arena, but his favorite part of the game was traveling with his family and friends from rodeo to rodeo. There was never a dull moment, and the mindset was always positive, win or lose. He was a no-bullshit guy and called it how he saw it at the end of the day. He was awarded CCA Cowboy of the Year in 2018, and Robert was honored to award him that award with his mom getting the Calgary of the Year that same night. Kevin was a team player, no bullshit, true sportsman who lived life with an NFP kind of style. He was a great, really great friend, and you considered him family, and a lot of people looked up to him as a big brother or additional parent. So nice. I think well that said. says it all right there with with uh, with Robert and um, and Kevin. So thinking of the family, condolences to all of them. With that, boys, let's get into an ad read. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, is home of the award-winning Ram truck. They are the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner or Jason or Scotty sent you. <laughs> Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFB podcast. Scotty, where are we at? Winnipeg. Yes. So I just I yeah, just no. talked to Ty or I text Ty this morning and uh 
Uh, this comes out a couple days from now, but it's his birthday today. So I wished him a happy birthday. Oh, and, happy birthday. And uh, yeah, good news. That sucker is on a train and he's tracking it the whole way. Wisconsin. It was in Ontario <laughs> last night. She's in Winnipeg today. She gets unloaded in Saskatoon, hauled to Prince Albert. And Skeddy Dog is going to be driving a brand new Dodge truck. And I can't wait. Bang, bang. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Now, Jason, we just got to get you in one. I got a Dodge. Oh, that's a pair. Well, I, I got from I got, <laughs> I got Ty's drinking part partner from Auto Clearing here in Saskatoon Falls away. So nice. I got a tie too. Yeah, I got but a, I, I actually tie. I'm gonna I am gonna work Ty and Paul. I'm gonna see which one of them is gonna bring it Who's gonna get you the best <laughs> deal? Well, you guys, uh, as Jason seen last weekend, yeah, um, you will be able to see me coming down the road from now on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have my name na- my neighbor's like Whose trucks in your yard? Nobody can. Nobody can tell. That's <laughs> name all over it. Okay, so you got. We haven't talked about this, Tanner. Come on now. Uh, oh you shit! Got the new. You got the new truck. New wheels are here. Um, got here. Same as yours was. They were tracking it, and I was trying to get it ready for Red Deer for the first event of the year, and it made it to Saskatoon on like the Tuesday, and then. I ended up sending somebody to get it and then we got it, got it wrapped and, and designed the wrap and did all that beforehand and then right into the shop and got it wrapped and they got it all rushed and done for me for, for, uh, to take to Red Deer. So first, uh, first time driving it last weekend and this thing is a fucking beauty. Oh my God. Big ass dually jam up all fresh 2022 got all the more stuff that i can even figure out what i'm supposed to be doing you know i'm still learning all the little stuff that goes along with it but yeah she's all painted up got my name couple pictures on there nfp podcast bunch of riverside logos and stuff so yeah she's uh she's a banner you'll be seeing it we'll be doing some advertising across the country this year that's for sure all the way to lethbridge and back Yep. Don't uh, don't be getting uptight when you stop at a set of lights and people are staring at you. You know you got to get used to that, right? When your truck's all deckled up, because <laughs> you know you look over at them like, "What the fuck are you looking at?" But then you realize, well, why wouldn't they be looking at me? Christ, this <laughs> thing's all deckled up. So this is yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's definitely got some looks here. It'll be the, I'm sure it'll be the talk of the town here the next little send, bit. But send good. send me a pic, send me a picture of that when we're done. Yeah, we'll do. This comes out Thursday, but um. I'll be going in on Wednesday and going to do a bunch of pictures and we'll post them all over social nice. and do the release of that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty, uh, pretty honored to drive that around and then to, to be able to represent the brand like that. I think it'll be good. Bring in some business for the crew at Riverside and, uh, get me down the road. I can put a ball in the back, call some bulls around. We can do it all with this thing. So looking forward to now, putting it to good use. Now does, uh, Riverside have any NFP merch or anything going on with that? Do you know yeah, where? there's another one. Good plug, Scott. Good plug. There we go, buddy. Yeah. Not as of yet, but but they are buying uh, some of our NFP hats, and they'll be for sale in uh, in PA at Riverside. So I'm not sure. We got to figure out if they'll be doing any shipping because everybody's always asking me how the how the where they can get the merch and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, Riverside's gonna get a bunch of hats lined up so you can be able to buy some NFP merch through them at Riverside Dodge, and then we'll we'll roll from there. I like that. Nice. Good, good. I forgot about that, Scott. Good plug. Good work, buddy. Um, Maybe I'll get my picture on the poster. <laughs> I was going to put your guys' picture on Maybe. my truck, but I thought it'd be weird if both of you guys were on <laughs> yeah, my truck no. as well. I'm glad you didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't need any graphic. Yeah. I won't be able to Good do bad. anything stupid anymore. Everybody knows exactly who it is. So, yeah. All right. 
Step it up. Uh, Sandy Cooper, We um after we did our last pod last week, I ended up getting a few people reaching out about that. And then as well as um, Maggie Cooper reached out, uh, Sandy's older sister, and um, talking about uh, the progress that he's making. And even since then, it's been pretty cool. She sent me a video of him um, moving his feet and doing a bunch of different stuff that nice. he's absolutely not supposed to be doing, going above and beyond, you know, blowing all the minds of all the doctors and everybody else that that gave him all these percentages of what was going to happen with his uh, quality of life and walking and literally breathing on his own. And a month in, he's making strides that that have never been seen by these doctors. So pretty amazing to see this kid and uh, moving forward. And once again, we're keep everybody updated and shout out to Sandy. I know he's listening. Um, stay strong. And if it's going to keep going like this and you keep pushing through, you're going to get this thing nailed out and be a bump in the road. And we'll be talking about it down the road when you're still cruising down the road with us. So thinking about you, Sandy, and keep going, keep pushing. And the, the yeah. crew that he's got there, I think is pretty amazing yeah. too. the community talking with Jared Parsonage this weekend and, and um, that Maple Creek area, they're all, they're all behind him and everybody's, everybody's pushing through and moving forward and, and doing the right thing for him. So I think it's pretty cool to see that small community getting behind him. Yeah, it's, it's, I just was down in Maple Creek there uh, selling clothes a week and a half ago, and I know there's quite a buzz around. They have the uh, Cowboys and Indian Hockey Tournament, or it's not a tournament. Battle, sorry, battle of the Big Puck. Oh, yeah, Battle nice. of the Big Puck uh, c- coming up here shortly, and uh, um, all the proceeds from that whole night are going to Sandy, and uh, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um the girls at Hill Country have uh, got some um, some uh, prizes and stuff lined up to generate some money out of their store and the traffic that comes through there. So yeah, I mean that whole community's uh, behind that. So Sandy's uh, he's got a good good crew of people behind him. That's for sure. Shit yeah. Our interview, we're going to get to that right away here, is with Cody Snyder, which is pretty cool. We've all had our ties with Cody Snyder, legendary world champion bull rider. Uh, taught Jason everything he knows. <laughs> Just one thing. <laughs> cool. What did you guys think? We got Ryan Byrne to join us on the interview as well that's coming up uh, due to the fact that they rodeoed together back in the 80s and 90s and um, lots of great stories that they had together. What did you guys think? I know we're going to throw it to there pretty quick, but is there anything you wanted to add about the interview before we throw it to that? Well, I, I know just with Ryan being on there and Cody together, it could have went on for hours and it had the potential to head that way very yeah. easily. And we all know we got, got to do other stuff, but uh, yeah, you know, you think about it to hear Cody say it in this interview, you know, he just, he really ate, breathed, slept, lived, you know, bull riding and, uh, there was nothing going to stand in his way to be a world champion. And, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty, you can still tell what he's talking about at the intensity that's in his voice. You know, it takes a break back to that time. And, um, there was, there's no, I mean, no wonder he's a world champion, right? How could he not be with a attitude like that? It's like, get the fuck out of my way. I got our boulder ride here. So it's been, and it's, it hasn't changed. No at all yeah i think that's cool mindset that's what i got out of it too was just like we talk about different guys and different generational guys and it's like there's some of these there's some guys that you just know are destined for 
greatness. And I think that was Cody from the get go, just with the, the skills that he had and then the drive that he had and the mental aspect that he had. It's like a Connor Bedard or a yeah. McDavid, you know what I mean? There's all, there's NHL hockey players, but then there's guys that you just know are, are that next level of guy. And I think there's a, there's a story in the Canadian cowboy country magazine from years ago on Cody and Rhonda. And Joe Braniff is quoted in there. Um, and I forget exactly how it went. But I do, you know, I've, it happened earlier this morning. But this one always resonated with me. And it was something along the lines of Cody had decided to be a – and Joe didn't use garbage man. He had the technical term for it. He'd have been the best damn garbage man in Redcliffe if, if, that's, <laughs> if that's what he chose to do. You know, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. picking it. Uh, I get first time. It was the first ever PBR event I went was the Ranchman's, and I still had my hair down to my fucking past my shoulders. And I remember coming out, and you know, he's always like super intense, and I like tipped my hat and. They gave him my buckle and he's standing beside me. He's like, and they were like saying, Tanner Burn, you know, it's like the cell. And he's like, fuck, really sell it. Get out there. Shake that fucking hair around a little bit. Sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But no, it's cool. Uh, We'll get to that interview right away. Uh, One more thing we wanted to bring up was uh, Ian Tyson passed away. We missed that on the last episode, which is uh, the original, I would call him the original cowboy singer of. Canada, anyway, right? For, for sure. as a kid, right? Hundred yeah. percent. So, big loss for the, the community, and I know Corblund, Coulterwall, all of our guys up in Canada, and then as well as everybody across the uh, the U.S. and everywhere. This guy was uh, an absolute legend. So, um, condolences to the Tyson family. I think from like High River, right? Like that Natton area, still lived and ranched and all that. Did you guys ever get to meet him? No, never. Never, but I would have loved to sat down with him and Wayne Vold and yes, yeah, Johnny Johansson and just started listening to Doug Vold and listen to some ranchman stories. Unreal. Yeah. I think like him and Wayne Vold used to do some singing together at one yeah. point. Yeah, I watched yeah. some videos. It was awesome. They're on YouTube yeah. of he had a show, the Enticing Show, and Wayne was yeah. on there singing. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. I want to show one one story that I loved that I found about Ian Tyson was the rumor is, and he he was the one talking about this in this YouTube video was that he was the one that got the Beatles smoking weed. So the story <laughs> was, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like me as a kid and you think of Ian Tyson as like this legend and older fellow and all this stuff. But you got to remember these guys were wild cats in the 50s. Oh, yeah. All that shit, right? So the story goes that they were all hanging out in L.A. and doing what they were doing. And he, Bob Dylan's wife, claims that Ian Tyson – got Bob Dylan hooked on smoking weed. And so Ian Tyson in this interview on YouTube, he goes, well, I don't remember that, but I mean, it was probably quite possible. And then, (laughs) then the story of, of that time was that Bob Dylan got the Beatles hooked on smoking weed. So really it was Ian Tyson that started the whole fucking careers of Bob Dylan, the Beatles and the whole crew. So right there from Alberta, legendary music, man. (laughs) Goddamn Canadians. (laughs) That'll uh, do it for now. We'll uh, we'll be back, I guess, next couple of weeks, and then we'll we'll preview Lethbridge and do all that stuff as we go and keep everybody up to date on what's going on in the Western lifestyle. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. We love you. Here's our interview with the world champion, Cody Snyder. Born and raised in Medicine Hat, Cody Snyder has had a love affair with rodeos and bull riding since he learned to walk. His first rodeo experience came at age five when he rode a calf in competition. 
Cody started competing in junior skiers when he was eight years old, and at 12, he finally rode his first bull. By age 15, he was the Canadian amateur bull riding champion. In 1982, at 19 years of age, Cody led the Canadian professional bull riding standings. The next year, as a virtual unknown on the world circuit, he beat the odds to capture the World Bull Riding Championship in Oklahoma City. Cody also won the Canadian Bull Riding Championship in 1986 and was named Cowboy of the Year by his peers in 1994. When he retired, Cody held records for the most CFR qualifications in bull riding, as well as the highest scored ride in Canadian rodeo history. He was also a four-time National Finals Rodeo qualifier. Cody remains involved in the sport today as the owner and operator of Cody Snyder's Bull Bustin', and he appears regularly on rodeo television broadcasts in Canada and the United States. With Cody Snyder, the 83 world champion, could be the match of the day, George. Here we go, the start of Super Bowl VII, the young man who from Canada became the first ever Canadian world champion, matched up against Savage Seven. Cody Snyder is a guy that I can say, as I've watched him since he's been a kid in Canada, has never been lucky. He's had every bad break in the world, every injury in the world, and no matter how good of a role he gets on, something seems to snap. This is the kind of a guy that deserves the gold buckle, and he has, well, enthused and entertained millions of people. He is definitely a hero. Our guest today is the first ever Canadian to win the Bull Riding World Championship in 1983. A four-time NFR qualifier, a Canadian champion, a PBR Ring of Honor inductee, a Bull Riding event producer, color commentator, and most recently, a Bull Riding Hall of Fame inductee. It's the legend, Cody Snyder. Cody, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. What's going on? Do you like that intro? A little, little bump there for you? See how that goes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember all that stuff. I can only remember the last one now, but now it's good. Good, good. So what's been going on um, in, in your world now? I know the, the Hall of Fame came up. We're going to get into that stuff too. But obviously your event uh, at the Grey Oak Casino keeps you busy all year round trying to plan that and whatnot, as well as the, the oil and gas industry. What's kind of what's new in your world? It's kind of it, man. It's just, uh, you know, we, we've, we've kind of created a monster. I actually had a, a big meeting at the Grey Eagle with the production team stuff there this morning and um yeah there's things are rolling we haven't got much left it's uh that bull run's doing good and uh oil and gas is good i mean things kind of came back a little bit here and uh it's good and it's not only good for what i do i've been been involved got involved in it you know a long time ago but it's uh it's it's a big part of what we do with our bull riders with sponsorship and uh you know ticket buyers and that so it's uh it's really good to have it come back and what it does for uh for the bull riding and rodeo business is really good yeah it all kind of flows in together right talk about the 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 bull riding itself though right so it started at the ranchman's now you're at the the gray eagle it kind of kicks off the uh the calgary stampede as well and it's kind of built uh built a body of its own that event one of the prestigious events through the through the year in canada and that's kind of your main focus with bull riding events so when you first started it did you think it would it would get to the level that it's at right now you always think you always sit there hoping and you always, you know, I mean, we're all, I mean, we all cut from the same cloth. I mean, you always think everything's going to be huge and big, but you know, it took us 20 years to build that thing up to what it is. And uh, we've created a heck of a following and um, you know, we've, geez, we got people have been with us since day one, you know, over 20, 22 years um, been buying the same bleachers. I mean, it's, 
it's really cool guy like Fred Mannix, you know, he's a, one of the premier businessmen in Canada. I mean, he's had the same two bleachers for ever since day one, like 22 years. So that's awesome. And our sponsorship as well. Like we've got sponsors been with us from the start too. So it's, uh, we've created a good thing and what we've got going out there at the, at the gray Eagle, you know, it's out on the beautiful Sutana nation out here on the West side of Calgary. And man, we got a good thing going there. The, they're behind us hundred percent and uh, the nation's behind us. And uh, we've, we've got a, a really good relationship there and a long-term deal with them. And uh, you know, we're just, we just keep on growing, keep on building and, and turn it into uh, to what I guess I've always imagined. You know, you always wanted to have one of these, one that is big and, and bold and, and, and had a lot of traction and that's what we've got going there now. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and it's Rhonda and I still, you know, we started this business in 1993 and now our, our two girls, Jordan and Reese are involved and help us along the way as well. Uh, you know, ticketing and Jordan, she's uh, she's in finance at Scotiabank. And so she handles a bu- bunch of that ticketing on the, on the side. And then Reese is a hospitality management major. So she's got a wedding business going and stuff. So she helps with everything that goes on in that, uh, in that, in the, um, yeah after party so it's good um it's 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 awesome to have a family involved like that hey cody take uh take our listeners back to the first one at the ranchman's i was it just one performance and how many people compared to where you're at today yeah <laughs> yeah that was, was uh, that was just a dream there. i mean there's not a lot of space well, there at the ranchman's where zero space we worked we didn't work in feet we worked in inches and right till the last bitter bitter time we worked in inches there um you know harris came to me with this kind of brainwave idea said you know i'm can you think we could put a bull riding on in that parking lot over there and i'm like hell yeah i can you know and that was just the attitude and that's how you were i mean you've been through it jason i mean you've done a bull rides you you know somebody throws an idea you're not going to turn it down so you just get at it and you know and it was it was crazy i went and i got we got everything donated right and i i from day one i said you know but i told harris i said you know if you want to have success and longevity in this city with an event, you need to get charity involved. And that's just the way this place rolls with oil and gas. I've been dealing with these guys a long time, a lot of great friends in the oil and gas business. And to get that big support and to get the community, get that community involved and behind you and get all these oil and gas guys, you know, you got to give something back to this community. And that was not an easy task. Let's let me say that to convince Harris of that, but, (laughs) <laughs> we uh from day one we did that and we uh you know that first year we raised three hundred and ninety five thousand dollars and that was through cash and gifts in kind um you know they were starting a new uh kids center out west of calgary out by cochran and we got all of the concrete donated all of the building donated i mean the electrical donated you know burn co and, and westburn donated electrical it was crazy how nuts it went and that was a wednesday I got all the buck and shoots and everything donated from the Okotoks Ag Society. And I got Mullen to donate the trucking. So we went out in there that the whole rodeo setup was out here um, north of Okotoks set up on a, on a guy's ranch. And they put it in behind his, uh, in, in behind his barn. It was all full of weeds and everything. Cause you know, I've been sitting there from the year before and I, we go, we drag all that stuff out of there and set up. And we did that for years and years and years and just, you know, it was just, it was kind of hard work and kind of the determination to get that thing done. And, you know, first year we probably sold, you know, we had a couple of thousand seats and we sold maybe a thousand and then it got, you know, 1500 and then built. And Harris was very smart with that as well. He, you know, he didn't want to go too fast and we just stayed at it and stayed the course and 
four or five years later, we sold out that Wednesday and then we kept it. We stayed at that, sold out for a couple of years. And then we added another date and we added the Tuesday and then we built on the Tuesday and got it built up. And then I got the opportunity in 2014 because we always had those bleachers from the city of Calgary. And and um, we could never get the bleachers because they used them on the parade route. So we had to have those bleachers out of there on the Thursday. So for the parade route for Friday, just kick off the stampede. Well, they put in these new stipulation of guidelines that those bleachers never didn't meet um, the standards anymore. So I heard that. And this was about the middle of May. And I says, really? Well, we need to have another day. And this was the middle of May and the bull ride's a month and a half away. And Harris is like, we can't. I said, I could, we can do it. Damn right. So I just got around Sheldon Kennedy and the Child Advocacy Center was just got kicked off. And I'm like, so I had perfect charity. He had a huge following in the city. And, uh, you know, I was downtown like I am now. And I was downtown all the time. And it was around all the sponsors. So we got sponsors. We just rolled with it. And all of a sudden, you know, two years later, we sold out all three performances. And then all hell kind of broke loose there. And, and uh, Harris passed away and, you know, new owner and, and uh, things didn't work out there. And so we moved it over to the Gray Eagle. And uh, as we talked about, man, that, that thing's sure grown into something really good now. It's a, uh, it's a big, big, big event. Well, and it, it looks, you guys have done a great job on that setup and how it looked when you pull in there, you know, you're, you're somewhere. And, and you mentioned Greece. I walked through last year, what she does inside there. Like those sponsors are, they feel like they're part of something in there. That's the, uh, it's a tremendous venue for sure. And it allows you that space that you need. You're not measuring shit by inch, right? Yeah, you know, that was the problem, Jason. I mean, you were at the ranchers. Heck, I think you fought bulls there probably, I'm sure. You know, you know, I mean, that, that thing was there for 20 years. And and we're always um there was never enough room. I mean, we we just if we we like I said, we were doing it in inches, and but you know, we had you know 2,200 people or 2,100 people there, and then when the bull riding was over, well, the tent only held 800. So what are you going to do? You know, so when people couldn't get in and so I can give you a good up, uh, uh, one guy, um, Grant production services and, uh, and, and Grant came to me and he said, you know, he, he big sponsor. This is, this is, uh, about 2016. Uh, plus he donated, a, did a $15,000 donation to the Sheldon's to the Sheldon Kennedy child Absey center and big supporter he said you know he says i got a big problem and i knew what was kind of what was coming that doesn't sound very good you don't want to hear that from one of your big sponsors he says i love your event he brought he bought 100 as part of his sponsorship deal 150 tickets brings all these people he says i got a big problem he said the bull riding's over and he says and i can get 10 people in that tent i gotta send the other 140 home he says how do i do that he said this is making me look really bad so that was the thing, some of the stuff that we were up against, right? We just didn't have enough room. And with this, where we're at now is the beauty of it. You know, we get 2,600 to 3,000 people out there. And then all of the people, we're guaranteeing them that there's enough space in the in the event center after. So we don't want to, you know, we don't want to go too big because, you know, if we add, add 500 or another 1,000 seats, then... You know, how do you, then you're cutting people out of that. And so we're keeping it, we're trying to, well, if anything, we'll add another day, but we're not going to do that now. We're going to stay with within where we're at. We've got four performances of 
mean, we have got no tickets left. We've got a little bit of sponsorship le opportunity left. I mean, that thing is jammed right full. And uh, we're just going to kind of roll on with it for a couple of years here, I think, and, and build on what we've got and perfect perfect what we've got. And, you know, and, and people don't understand. And when you get involved with this, when you've got a party and, a, and a, an after party that is that big, you got bands playing in there and all that stuff. There's a lot of moving parts. And I... I mean, we, we've learned a lot and I'll tell you, Reese brought a lot to the table with that because what she learned in university four years, you know, she's got a degree in hospitality management. Like this is a big deal. You got 3000 people in there, 2,500 to 3000. Everybody's got to get food and everybody has got to get watered, man. They like to get fed and watered. And if you, if you don't deliver that, you got to get it to them fast and efficient beer's got to be cold i mean there's a million moving parts to making all of that and pulling all that together and it uh it's it's turning it's a big task but it's 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 going good yeah great event that uh, i guess all of us are uh, been a part of at some point in our careers and still to this day dad you come out and do some judging at it as well too so yeah it's a lot of fun there at, at the gray eagle and the after party is a lot of fun as well she does a good job of putting that one on <laughs> Uh, was pretty fun it's too. A good time you know in the in the city of calgary with them guys all that you know they they you know it's kind of the deal they don't in in oil and gas business it's like just get your shit done like there's no excuses no we we came here we bought tickets the, if the beer ain't cold they're mad and mm -hmm. if they don't get fed right they don't take that very good and you know it's like with the bull ride when you go buck a bunch of guys off you know and they only ride three or four they go well, change it then. That's not up to us. We bought the tickets. You figure that out. That ain't up to me. You know, <laughs> yeah. so that's the things you, you just deal with that. And that's how that's how the oil and gas business rolls. But that's uh they're the main main ones that are behind the success of this event with all their tickets and the sponsorship that they do. Speaking of that, the uh they get your shit done, get your job done. You were one of the best at that in your bull riding career as well. The first ever Canadian to win a world championship in 1983. We'll go back to the start in a little bit, but one of the main reasons that we wanted to get you on was the most recent announcement of the Hall of Fame induction. So uh, it's got to be just one of the biggest accomplishments, I think, at the at the after your career is over to get that call that that you're in the Hall of Fame. Right. It kind of puts everything in a perspective of how great of a career you had. We all know how great of a career you had, but it's got to feel good to, to get that extra push and let you know that you're in that Hall of Fame. So. Uh, how'd you get the call? How did it all play out? What's what's the story behind the behind the induction? Well, that was a little bit of a story in itself. So I was outside and I I came back in and my house and in, in, into the house my phone was laying over there and I walked by and I see a missed call from Donnie Gay and I'm like I had no idea this was going down. I mean I I tell I had no, I I had no knowledge of anything. So I'm like, what's he calling me for? And so I my voicemail and it says cody snyder this is donnie gay he said quit screening your calls call me back i'm like yeah i'm gonna screen his call are you kidding me <laughs> like, so i called him back and he says man he says i wanna the the halt what the deal was was they 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 didn't have my phone number so they called him to and he had my number and he so he's the guy who called me and it uh you know kevin rockabar said it you know, he's one of my best friends and we grew up together, started out, heck, Ryan remembers Rockabar back in the day. And he says, 
when you think back when we were kids, because he's a couple years old, a year and a half older than me, you know, and we're 11, 12 years old and riding them bucking machines and all that steer riding and all that bull riding up at Dale Rose's place and all that. He said, you ever imagine that you would get a call from Donnie Gay <laughs> telling you that you're going into the bull riding Hall of Fame? And it, <laughs> it really put it into perspective. I mean, I like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, you, he was our hero. I mean, my, my heroes was Donnie Gay and John Dodds, but it's, especially Donnie, when we were young, you know, and he was kicking ass and he had that long hair and all that, man. And when we were, so he's 10 years older than me. So I'm 12 years old. He's 22, 23. And, you know, he's winning the world and he's the rock star. And I mean, we emulate Donnie Gay every, I lived, breathed, dreamed that guy. And then for to have that, it was, it was really cool. It was kind of surreal <laughs> to have that, to get that call. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I bet. Dad, you, you had a good point the other day when we were on the on the phone about Hall of Fame inductions and, and how big it is. Well, I think, first of all, congratulations, Cody. It's well-deserved. Thanks, Ryan. Um, Appreciate it. I think the biggest thing that I got out of it, and I'm very excited for you, was that, um, you know, in the long run, you're reborn again. And uh, in, in the way that people know you they know cody snyder won the world in 83 they know cody snyder puts on great bull ridings but they lots of them like our old fans are dead man (laughs) but you know a lot of these young guys they they know you won the world but now with this hall of fame thing and everything else you're getting to tell your story of your younger days and you're riding bulls and rank bulls and and that's what i'm proudest of is that for you yeah thanks you know and and I, uh, it get, you get emotional over that. You know, like Donnie said to me, he says, I'm going to tell you something. He said, this is the biggest one. He says, and he says, in my opinion, and who else's opinion would you take? I mean, he's the goat. There's nobody else who's won more than him. He said, uh, you know, of any hall of fame, anything else you can be in. He said, this is the one that's voted on by your peers. Mm-hmm, this is sure. the guys who are in there. This is the other guys. And they voted and said that you're worthy to be in there. And that, that that meant probably you know more coming from a guy com, coming from him, you know. And I I, te- I texted him back and I says, man, I says, I thanks for that, you know, that call and what it meant. And he says, man, you earned it. He said that 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 that's that's you, yeah, for what you did and who you are, and you know that that means a lot. And like you said, Ryan, to be able to sit back now and you know talking to Rockabar and and Dale and 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 yeah. Slew Water and talking to you, I mean it. It, it does. It puts it all into perspective that, that, uh, you know, it, it's pretty cool. And to be able to keep on carrying on and be able to tell that story is, uh, it, 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 it's pretty surreal. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Man. Ryan, you, you say that, like, uh, just to add to that, the, you know, you're, you guys are both around our generation, or, well, not my generation, the generation of bull riders right now. And I don't think they have any idea, um, what, Kind of stories and what you guys did to pave the way, you know, Ryan and your profession, Cody and yours. I, I don't think we get it. Like, uh, well, I got to be a part of, so did Scott Tanner, obviously a different generation, but we got to just be around you guys. Obviously, Scott's your nephew, Ryan, and and got to, I got to work for Cody, but it was, we got to just you know, be a part of what you guys were doing and it rubbed off and we got to sit around and have a beer and listen to the stories. And 
I feel bad for these younger guys right now because they, I don't think they get that. They don't understand that. And uh, I hope like this induction here for you, Cody, um, you know, we're in the same business. We're trying to produce bull riders and bull riders that want to win because there's a difference. You know, Curtis Lissitian always, uh, he said something one time about hockey players. You want to, you know, you want to be a player or do you just want to play hockey? Because there's a difference. And I think you can, you can say that in the, in the bull riding sport, right? Um, so I hope those guys see this opportunity or what you've accomplished and, and, and set some goals like that, you know, because we are setting the stage for them and we're giving them that opportunity. Sometimes and more times than not, it doesn't feel like they're taking advantage of it. And that's the disappointing part in sports now. Or is it, I don't know if it's the woke culture we're living in or what, but they, they've, you know, I, I'm extremely fortunate and I know Scott can probably say the same thing because he's the same age as me. We got to grow up around you two guys and, and listen to the shit and, and I wish we could have been. It wasn't shit, man. You know? <laughs> it was gospel. It was fucking yeah. gospel. No, serious. I mean that. I, uh, you know, I'd like to get your, you know, what you think on that too, Cody. Um, you see it. You're around it enough. Even though you're doing one event, you're still around it enough. I don't think these guys are taking a whole opportunity they they have right now how much money is being thrown around like you what are you adding this year you're gonna have a hundred grand added there in four days and and we'll be looking for bull riders it's it blows my mind yeah but you know you know when you think about it i i ate slept dreamed bull riding bull riding bull riding that's that was everything that was it I mean, you know, I boxed. I, you know, I, I was a provincial champ, and I played hockey pretty good. You know, I won some stuff playing hockey. and But I never, ever thought about being a hockey player. I never thought about being a boxer. When I was boxing, it was so that I could ride bulls better. And, and you know, hockey, I played hockey in school, and it was to, for getting in shape, and you, you work at – it's so I could ride bulls. That's all I wanted to do. And, I I mean, I'd go – you. Ryan was around. You can ask. I'd go to the, we go to the practice pen, get on six, seven bulls. I mean, I remember going out to Alan Gerlitz's one time to a great big, a big jackpot bull riding deal out there. And everybody was done and they had a two header and stuff. And he had three bulls sitting in the chutes and nobody, so I, I got on all three of them. And that was just the way it was. And that was because I wanted to, how do you get better? It's reps, man. It's that, you know, at the time, I never thought about the 10,000 reps that you talk about that you need to, to get to there, you know, before things slow down for you and you hit and it gets rolling. I mean, it was at the time, it was just, I just, I just wanted to ride everything that moved and I didn't care where it was. And, you know, you hear pit, you hear stories like Rockabar talks about Donnie Gay getting on being at, at down at Fort McLeod at the rodeo and Reg had a couple of old, had one fight bull and a couple others in there. And Donnie says, Reg, can I go get he'd go get on all three of them and he just got done getting that but that's what it takes and you know and the, the, it bull riding's hard bull riding's tough and you gotta you gotta gut it out it's it's not an easy sport so and it never has been and never will be but you to me what i i you know i i, I for the life of me can't understand how guys if you're gonna do it and ride bulls for a living go do it Yep. Get. I don't care where you're going. If you're going PBR or you're going PRCA, get down there and get amongst them. Get in it. You know, 
you you can't you can't fight the storm if you're fighting against it. Get in amongst them. How do you how are you going to go beat those guys if you're not down there trying to beat them? And I, you know, and everybody, I, I remember us, you know, go down there and it was like, you know, Texans and them would come up to Canada and oh, geez, the Texans here, he better better let him win something. The Canadian, it could be down there. Ryan, seen this? What's that stupid Canadian doing down here? He can't beat us, Texans. Exactly. Like, yeah, stick that up. That and yeah. that was the attitude that you had to have, and that was like me and Rockabar and and Slewater and Dale and you know there's been a ton of guys. I mean Donnie Johansson and Bob Roberts. I mean, guys, where'd we come from? We all came from you. You showed up and you rode bulls, and that's what you did for a living. And you know I, I get it. Granted, things have changed, but still, you know the guys that that ride bulls and they think about it twenty four seven. And you you work out and everything you do is leading towards being a better bull rider, being, you know, getting in better shape so you don't get hurt. All of that stuff is all part of it. Yeah. That uh, 10,000 reps, just for our listeners, if you haven't read the book, it's The Outliers. I'm sure that's what you're talking about. Did you read that book? Yeah, you know, and and, and I, I just take that, Jason, you know, and, and you know, and when you, you, you look at other sports, I mean, you know, it, it, it's in all sports, you know, and I, I remember – and I never really thought a lot about it, I remember, but back I might have told you, I, and I'm sure I've, maybe you've heard this, but it, about 15 years ago, Cal Clutterbuck, or 10 years, whenever Cal Clutterbuck was on um, on with Kelly Rudy, I think, and somebody else on After Hours on on CBC or whatever after the game, and and he said, when did you when did you see your career change? He said, when it slowed down. He says, I remember the play. He said it was weird. It just and that was he. This is five years into his NHL career. He still, and when it slowed down, that's when he excelled. And then all of a sudden he gets a C on his jersey because he's a better player. And, and I remember Bob Robertson tells me, and he remembers it. And I'll, I remember it clear as day too when it slowed down for me. You know, I got my card when I was 16. I was young and I I didn't draw it. You know, I was winning a little bit here and a little bit there. And I just, and I got, I was getting bucked off of something I never should have and everything. And, where it happened for me was we were at those Eastern Canadian rodeos. They were in uh, Charlottetown, St. John's, and and uh, Halifax. Or no, Moncton, New Brunswick. This is back in 1981. And I had a bull, Ryan would remember, Convoy in Northcotts. He was a Simmental bull, and he'd just, he'd go out there a couple, and he would back up like Simmentals did, come underneath himself. And he was in the rank pen at the CFR and stuff, and turn back to left. He went out there, and I have Convoy, and he goes out there, too, and he just hits and backs up, and Robertson says he just kind of turned away because he says, and all of a sudden. He just turned away. He's going to get ugly. Out, <laughs> sat up, sticks it on it, win the round, and I'm telling you, it. my whole life changed right there, and I'll never forget it. Bob Robert, and it's funny that another guy, would, he, and he's brought that up. He's seen it. He remembers it, and that's where it changed. And then from then on, I mean, then, you know, everything got – slowed down and got a lot easier and all of a sudden when you start winning man it just you can just rock and roll and get at it because nothing can go wrong it's a crazy feeling jason i think on on what you brought up too about the like the different guys i think it, it's generational too and there is guys within every generation that go to that next level do eat sleep and breathe it like cody and uh you know the generation after that there's always a few guys that have what it takes to to do that as well mentally physically and the drive to go right but that's what separates 
the guys and like Cody on this podcast, why he's a world champion, why he's a hall of famer, because he found that next level and had that drive to do it. You're not going to get that with 30 guys, right? You're going to get that out of three to four guys. And it's about finding that within your career of wanting to do that and wanting to go, I think. And, um, I like Cody, the story. I don't know if this is true or not, but you talk about that 16 years old and then wanting to hit the trail and it changing and getting slower. But is it true that to go to the CCA finals, uh, the one year that you had to get in a fight with your teacher and quit school. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know. Yeah. So I, uh, that was 1979. Yeah. That was the first year of the CCA finals. So, I mean, I, I made the finals in the steer riding and the bull riding. And, um, so there was this, this teacher, Mr. Omatami, and he's a social studies teacher. And so he says to me, he says, if you go to that rodeo up there, he says, I'm going to flunk you. Just so you know, because he didn't like rodeo or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> good for no, you because I'm going where I'm going. So anyways, um, I went up there and, and I won the bull ride and I won second or third in the steer ride or whatever. And I come back and him and me, it got really close to, he was, he was going to get a bad blue ribbon. It got really bad. And I'm going, I don't need this. I'm wasting my time here because he's going to flunk me anyways. He's already told me that. So I'm like, adios. Uh, <laughs> so I, the way I went and I just, you know, I, I went and I started, went to work for my uncle and I went and worked on the rigs and made a bunch of, made enough money back then, which was a bunch of money, you know, a couple of thousand bucks, you know, <laughs> we, well, I went rodeo and that was just kind of how you did it. And it, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was that was a crazy time. <laughs> so probably not great for our me. listeners, but both of you two didn't finish high school and both had pretty good careers. <laughs> yeah, you <know. laughs> yeah, it, hey, you didn't need it then, man. <laughs> no, you know what? It, it was it was you know it, it, you it, everything I did was to ride bulls, and I was just I was just berserk over. I mean, it was that was why we had that practice pen, Dale Rose's practice pen. I mean, we had a place to get on. We rode, and that, that's what we did. And I was a bull rider. I was nothing else. I I wasn't I wasn't in trying to go to school to be an engineer or work or trying to create something there. I was a bull rider, and how how could I get there the quickest, fastest way for me to get to be a professional bull rider? That was what it was all about. Yeah, I think we just like to your point, Tanner. I think uh, when you're, well, Cody, jump in here anytime. When you're trying to, you know, on bull rides, and at one point you were doing six or seven in Canada in a year. I don't know if we had that trouble back then. You look back at those old programs, you know, honestly, anybody that was on their head 15 years ago, I think those PBR events could win. You know, you there was thirty guys that could finish first, and I, when you're when you're trying to build something, you, you expect that. And I don't know if they listen when you have those meetings with them. You've been in the rooms, so you know how those rider meetings go. Just frustrating, you know. Like you're putting it all out there every time that gate opens. Like I can't even imagine wanting to be a part time bull rider. It's not the sport to be a part timer. You got to be all in. What do you, you think's changed, Cody? Since you know yeah, you've been you've been in it since the yeah late seventies. What yeah. do you think's changed with the numbers wise? All this different stuff of you know the why we're why we're short guys. I don't know. I mean, you know, question for you. You know, like I when, when Jason just said that, you know, like I remember doing like that bull riding in Medicine Halfback 
10, 15 years, however long ago that is, we had 90 bull riders. Like I, I needed 80 guys and I'm, I got 10, 15 guys that didn't get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had almost a hundred entries. Like it was unbelievable. Like bull riding's back then, like the ranchman's bull riding, man, I'd, I'd have 75 guys a day entered at that thing. And we'd taken 30 guys. It was, you know, you know, you had to go to the standings and you were going pretty deep in there. And it just, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think, you know, it's expensive. It's different. It's tough. It's hard. I, I can tell you, I, I think that I think a little bit to do with it was the, the, you know, how juicy the steers were in the steer riding and them ranked cows and it cut some of them kids out of there wouldn't want to get on anymore. Some of that. I mean, I don't know. You know, you, it's a good question for you guys. You've been around as much as, you know, me and, and, and where things have gone. And I, I don't know. I think I'm hoping that COVID, you know, cut some of the numbers back, you know, in the last couple of years here, we've had some, maybe it'll, maybe things will work its way out and more guys will come back and filter back into it. Um, but I, I don't know. I have no idea. It's uh that's a tough one, but you know, you, you look at, you look at the bronc riding now, I mean, you know, there wasn't very many bronc right now. We got, you know, there's probably 12 or 15 Canadians that are good enough to go to the NFR in the bronc riding right yeah. now. It's a bunch yeah. of kids I, getting on that. I, I don't know. I, I do personally think though, <clears throat> pardon me, is it is the cost of going. So, you know, a bull rider takes a leap of faith, goes south. It doesn't click. It's not like he can afford to hang around down there and hope it clicks for two months. It's just, you know, you hope it works. And if it doesn't, you got to come home and hit a rig or pipeline or whatever. You know, I, I don't think it affords you as much time as it used to. Is that fair? Yeah, but it was expensive for us, though. Like, we just jumped in a car and... Was like I said, I think it's generation. It depends on the guy. Um, yeah. yeah. You know what? Last let, year, let me say this. I'll, I'll tell you this. In, in 1982, I was broke. I was working on the rigs been working for in the winter but it was four and this is a pretty good story too but it's 40 <laughs> below i mean it's nasty ignorant working out the british block that's where me and rock bar both that's where he cut his teeth and anyways um it was time to enter i need the winter roadies are coming and i'm like i didn't have the money to enter denver so i'm like i'll never forget and i'm sitting in the in the kitchen at home and i'm like man i'm sick of this working on this there is no future in that for me so <laughs> i'm like but i ain't got enough money to go so i'm like well i picked up the phone i called procom and i said i need to enter el paso so i just entered and i thought i'll enter and i'll figure it out and i hung up the phone you know what i did i went to the bank and borrowed the money to go my dad co-signed which didn't matter and so i had a couple thousand bucks in my pocket and i'll tell you one thing you get in a situation like that when you show up you're hungry and you stay your ass on and you don't <laughs> you make sure you win and, and that was what a guy needed to do and that's that was part of doing doing what you need to do to win and uh you know that that's you know you it, it was just like jason or scott you know it, it it was expensive then it's all relative i mean yeah. you know you don't you know, back then we didn't drive around in brand new vehicles and, and have all this nice, you know, guys ripping around in a brand new pickup truck with all these campers and stuff. And they got a whole bunch of debt. I mean, I couldn't even imagine have been like that. I mean, I don't think that's ever changed. You know, it's all relative. You got it. I think it, it does cost more, but you, 
you got a heck of a lot more upside too. It's a lot more, there's sure. a lot more money out there to, to sure. win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is like, that's all went up. The CFR, I think pays a little more than what it did around today than when you went Cody. And I know the PBR now is paying more than it's ever paid in Canada. Right. So you're right. It is relative. Like <laughs> I've told the guys like, we'll with all the touring pro events and the cup series events, I'd say this year there's going to be about $850,000. If you don't think you can't get 10% of that, why are you getting out of bed? Go to a PBR event. Like, honestly, you should have the mindset that you can get 10% of that. Could you not? I'd yeah. be, I'd yeah. be one plenty of it. But M is a, is a decent enough goal, I think. But, but that goal, I I'd set my goal on winning half a million instead of setting it on winning 80. It's like I told Jared Parsonage last fall when he's trying to make the NFR. And I said, you know what, dude, I said, shoot for 10th. Do not shoot for 14th or 15th because you'll review your ass off and spend a ton of money. I've been there and, you know, shoot, shoot for up there and you'll hopefully get into the middle there. And, you know, and he had, had good success. And that's the thing is, is, but why set your goals lower? I mean, set them, set them high and, you know, the, there, there's a lot of money to be won, and it's not just PBR. I mean, you look at these rodeos, everything's paying. I mean, the U.S., I mean, every weekend in the summer, there's three or four or five rodeos that pay four or $5,000 on. I mean, it, oh, he listened. But it, yeah, I remember yeah. we had a conversation with him at the end of the year, and he said 10th sounds way better than 15th to me. And yeah. he kept going. He had it made, but he kept going. Go make the money. Cody, did you have to be 18 at the time? Um, I feel like you were younger than 18 when you went to start going to pro rodeos and stuff. Was that rule not applied then? So <laughs> there's another one. I skirted the system a little bit. I, <laughs> I, I, they didn't have – so in Canada, there was no age limit. So they couldn't – there was no age limit to get your card. So I bought my card in Canada when I was – so I was 16. And – so the PRCA couldn't stop me if I had my CPRA card. They had to let me buy my PRCA card. So <laughs> I won the CCA finals, and and this is kind of funny. And I had my – you had to get three – I don't know if it's like that now, but to get your PRCA card, you had to have three signatures from PRCA-carded members. So I got my thing all filled out, and I got Dale Rose's signature on i get rocky rock bars but i don't have a third guy so anyways bruce dirk at the time he's pro rodeo bull rider ride remember bruce he went cfr a few times bruce is wanting to get into the buck and bull business so this goes throws back buck and bull business way back man <laughs> so he wanted to buy a bramer and bring a bramer up and start breeding cows so he says i want to go drive down to fort worth and i'm going to try and buy a bramer and bring it up he says you want to go down there and i'm like Hell yeah, I do. 16. I've, I've been to Texas. This is a dream. So we loaded up and it was me and, and Bruce Dirk and Daryl Chinook and Daryl's dad, Johnny and Dar and Bruce's dad, Joe Dirk. And we headed for Texas. And I'm like, you know what? We'll drive to Texas. And then when we come back, we got to come right through Colorado Springs. So I'm going to go down there and I'll get another one of them signatures. <laughs> we'll turn around when we come back through Colorado Springs. I'll just go and buy my PRCA card. So we go down and we get to Fort Worth. And Bernice Johnson is there, and Bruce is looking at a bull buying this great big old stupid looking blue bramer that probably had more blue tongue and disease than he's probably 15 years old. But, anyways, <laughs> he didn't buy the bull, but I got the signature, and it's so it's kind of funny. So, I had Bernice Johnson's signature to buy my card for him in, in 1979, and so it's kind of cool because Bernice is 
is being inducted into the hall of fame there this year. And uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of cool. And yeah, so I was 16 and when I was 16 that year in uh, 1980, I went to 104 rodeos. Like I, we went everywhere, man. We rodeoed our butts off. And I remember Dale Johansson and I flying to Oklahoma city and the fall rodeo. And I mean, we rodeo hard. So it was, yeah, that was, I was young and I, I had to have a, I had to get a, uh, signature letter from my mom to get across the border because i wasn't 18 so i had to get a letter that i was all right for me to go across the border so it was some yeah had to do a few fancy dancing there to get to get to where you wanted to get to <laughs> and then you make the nfr in 83 and that's still when it was in oklahoma city right that's right at that time was that the first year that you made the nfr was the year that you won it yeah i i end up they had that and ryan would remember they had that heston uh top so it was uh Every year in Oklahoma City, they had this Heston ride-off deal and it was between the 16th and 20th place guys. So I ended up 17th in 1982 and went down there to that deal. I think I won second in that deal. And then um, then the next year made – and I was in Oklahoma City. And then the next year I – and that lit a fire in me because I was 17th and I was close to making. And I was I – mean, same old deal. And I remember, man, in my mind, I thought if I'm going to get there, I want to be there and I want to be close enough to have a shot at that whole deal. So I was, I was feeling pretty spunky then. Did you, did it come fast to you? Like the 83 hits, you win the world championship. You're as young as you are. You obviously worked your ass off to get it, but was it kind of like, now what do I do? Went in it so early or did you expect to go in there and win that world championship right off the hop? And also what did the same Texans or whoever you can think of, what did they all think of it when you came in and took the title, the young <laughs> Canadian guy? <laughs> Well, you can imagine what <laughs> what went through there with that, but you know what? It you know it, the goal setting, the whole goal setting, and them dreams and aspirations and thinking that you and that's what you dream about doing, man. When my goal, like I said, I never forget it. When I when when Rockabar and I cracked out that year at Denver, I mean, I had one goal in mind. I was. I was like, if I was going to go there, I wanted to have be close enough to win the world. I knew I was going to have to go there in the top, probably top five. I hadn't even been there yet, but that was my goal. And, you know, that year and, and Rockabar, we had a hell of a winter. I mean, we grew up together. Our dads were best friends. And, and Kevin and I have known each other since we were old enough to, I mean, ever since day one, you know, we're two, three years old. And uh, after the winter rodeos, he was winning the world and I was winning third. So that wasn't too bad in my old my my green van called the frog and man we hit the trail and we were on it and heck ryan can remember the frog and and uh it's kind of funny but um yeah so and you know and, and but when you're rodeoing like i i i i competed in 186 rodeos or i got on 186 bulls i rode in 147 rodeos and with short rounds nfr and all that i got on 186 bulls that year and um you know, and then, and you know, and you'd enter a lot and you'd turn out and you'd go where the good ones were. That was just the old school stuff. And, and I mean, it was just when I won the world that year, it was just a culmination of, I mean, we just every day, like we lived it. We drove, I mean, guys don't have any idea what back then. I mean, we, it was 20 hour drives every day, 14 hours, 12 hours. I mean, you didn't, you just entered and 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 you went where you needed to get to and we we drove we flew we did whatever it took to get there and and i remember in that year and it just you know 
and and I and I, I can tell you, Jim Dunn will probably remember this, but I remember getting on that last bull at the NFR, and Lonnie Wyatt had uh, had a fourteen in front of me, and Lonnie needed to ride a fourteen. Devecchio fell off a panda. And uh, Lonnie needed to ride A14, and A14 just slammed him right there. And Jim Dunn's pulling my rope, and he says, it don't matter. He said, you want it. <laughs> don't Thanks. say that. <laughs> and I'm getting on this thing of uh, two of uh, two of Kirby's great big snatching thing. And anyways, that was, that was kind of funny. But, yeah, that was uh, – it was just a culmination of – you know when you – when and, and it, but that was all you did, man. We did nothing but it was just bull ride, bull ride, rodeo, rodeo, and every year after that, I never, I never. That was how it was, and I, I mean, it was just such a different time that you know you just if and you know it's like we're going to the Super Bowl here this weekend, and I got offered. I had tickets in my hand in 1986 to go to the Super Bowl. I thinking it was Green Bay or something, and I'm like. I had a rodeo to go to. <laughs> like at Super Bowl? I, I never even thought yeah. twice about Super Bowl. What would I want to go to that for? And Mr. Rodeo probably got to go win five or six hundred bucks somewhere. That's how it was. That's what you did. You did it for a living. So in night in 1983, what would you have won on the year, including the finals? What would like that stat as opposed to or comparing the, to today? The cool shit that you went to. I like that. The well, bonuses. Yeah, you know, like about I think about 155 grand. Like that was yeah. a lot of money back then. Yeah, that, yeah. And there's there's guys I mean, that I move a, Las Vegas now in 15th place that don't got that much money. Yeah, that's good. Like I had my bank account was full right up to the top. Like I mean, it was. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, like I was, you know, I bought a house and and it was all relative, you know, at the time. I mean, that that was a lot of money. Like I had so you, a pile of you bonuses. Didn't... We just. You didn't work the rigs. You didn't work the rigs that winter, did you? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you. you I mean, you can tell. Hold on, we'll back it up over here, Cam. Tell us what was the exchange rate on that dollar back then. You'll know it right to the freaking tenth of the cent. Well, forty-two to forty-four cents, man. I made yeah. a kill and well, no. so I won a hundred and what I win a hundred and fifteen or twenty thousand and and forty thousand, forty-five thousand of it was exchange. Yeah. I mean, you throw that stuff, you. You know, you threw ten thousand in the bank, and it was almost fifteen thousand. Yeah, I mean, Not it was bad. it was a crazy time. That that exchange rate was was huge. Yeah, didn't you but win I'll, a free I'll, pass I'll on Frontier on Frontier Airlines too? But, didn't didn't you win? Yeah, that? but when I'll, before I forget, <laughs> Sorry, so so on that rig, and I and I and I went and I entered El Paso, and, the, and then um, so there was a guy on there, Martin Bozer was his name, and he was the driller. And I says, I am done with the rigs. I says, when we pulled off that lease that day, and I says, I am done. You will never see me on another one of these junk, ugly things as long as I live. And Martin just laughed. He says, he says, you know how many guys that have told me that? He says, they all end up back here. <laughs> and about 15 years later, I hadn't seen him forever. He was a very good friend of my dad's. And we were at that, our bull riding up there in Edmonton. And we sold that thing out up there in uh, Agricom and, Martin Bozer came down and he goes, Cody Steinhoff is like big hug and whatever. He says, I can't believe it. He says, you're the only guy I ever seen. He said, man, when you say you're going to do something, you kind of stick to it. <laughs> yeah. And I was, so anyways, that was kind of a pretty good, uh, it, was, it was pretty funny that, yeah, I never, ever ended up back on the rigs. Yeah. 
champ. So with that world championship, I don't know if it's true either, but I heard somewhere that you won a free pass on Frontier Airlines and got then free flights after that. Would it be for the year or would it be? It was about, I think it was $25,000 worth of flights, which was, I couldn't use them. I mean, I couldn't use them all. I mean, I flew guys, I flew guys with me. I was a lot, got that, got a free truck for a year. I mean, it was, it was full on. I mean, it was just, and it just, you know, it was less money that you had to spend and it was great, man. I flew a lot like Frontier Airlines was my friend. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I flew out of Great Falls. It seemed, you know, a thousand times, man. It was, it was really good. That was a, that was a big deal. You put that into, that's probably worth $75,000 or a hundred thousand dollars in today's terms. I mean, I remember I could, I could, I don't, I barely even got it all used up by the end of the year. I mean, that was a lot of flying. Yeah. And then you got to meet the president. Let's, let's hear this story. That's pretty wild. As, <laughs> once again, young Canadian guy going to the white house, <laughs> hanging out with Reagan. So, you know, and it, it's kind of funny cause I can to go back to that deal and in, in the start of that deal. So I get this invite in the mail and I didn't even know about it. So my dad goes into the, post officer in Redcliffe gets some mail so he's get this this letters from the the office of the president of the United States of America and it's all and I've got it it's it's in my in my album here like I've my mom I've got everything man yeah. in that album I've got I've got my whole life in there it's unbelievable what's in there she never I never threw nothing away and she, she kept everything anyways dad he goes over there and he sits down having him a beer with one of them guys and there that he one of his buddies and he's got this opens up this envelope and he goes jesus look at this he said and he didn't even he thought it wasn't even real <laughs> so anyways i so i i guess i probably phoned whenever you you know that that was dial-up phones back then i mean there was no cell phones or nothing they they didn't know where the hell i was at i mean i didn't phone you know phone home every two three weeks or a month i don't even remember anyways and i then i found out i got this invitation to uh to go to the white house and, but it was a, it was a special command performance. And so what it was, was uh, it was the top five guys in the world in each event at the time. And then plus there was a couple of invites. So I was second and winning second in the world. So I get this invite to, to uh, go to Landover, Maryland. And so we rode in the Capitol center where the Capitals played forever there. And uh, that was where Charlie Sampson got wiped out on, uh, on kiss me that day it was nasty but so i get to get this invite we go and we got to get all cleared through security you never seen nothing like it and we tried to we go to come into the building and they took our wire brushes away our scraping knives for scraping raws and they all put all that in a pile back there you want to take your rigged bag in they're telling you what you can take in there it's all secret service it was crazy <laughs> so anyways we're we we get into the the capital center and uh, we're standing on the back of the chutes, and this is this is wild, man. It's all just jammed with people, and there's secret service and security everywhere. And we're standing on the back of the chutes, and the lights are dark, and I can see these people kind of went by me. And then we look out there, and the lights come on, and that, that had been Reagan, and they'd walked, and we'd had no idea. They snuck him in there. Where he come from, I'll never know. But anyways, then he's out over there in the middle of the arena. It was cool. And then we, so we ride in this deal and then, then we go to the white house after and they take us over there in buses. And I mean, I had to get all cleared and I, I kind of remember that I had to send all kinds of stuff in and, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was right on the front lawn of the white house and 
got over there and shook his hand and talked to him for a little bit. And him and Nancy were, it was, uh, it was, that was one of the most coolest experiences I've ever had. And then Brian McDonald, who a lot, you guys all know Brian, you know, he's probably the best bull riding director we ever had in, in PRC. And we were standing there on the lawn and there was a secret service. He says, look behind that bush. And there's guys hidden behind the bush and they all got these guns. And it was, it was crazy. It was a cool time, but, and just to go a little onto that, I, I actually, I got to meet two more presidents. I met uh, George Bush Jr. and George Bush Sr. in Houston at, uh, when Rhonda and I produced that extreme bulls there too. So I actually got to meet three presidents U S so it's, uh, it's been kind of pretty cool to get to do that. <laughs> That's really bad. That's just for the young, just for the young punk listeners, pro bull staff is a result of Brian McDonald. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. So your traveling partner, he probably wasn't allowed to hang out with you when you were with the president's Ricky Lindsay, was he? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, man. Me and Lindsay go back a long ways. We've been talking. He calls me all. He sent me some, I got pictures of him when he was stuffed away in Oklahoma there for a while. And we actually, he called <laughs> me at what day is this Monday? He called me yesterday and we talked, we had a good visit. He's doing really good. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. He's getting inducted into their same time and, yeah, he, yeah, we'll just, yeah, he's, he is what he is. <laughs> Talk about wild, man. That's, he broke the mold when that guy was, that guy came along. Next level. Probably the no social media and cell phones and all that stuff helped a lot of, of the antics and stuff from those times, hey? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, and to think back, yeah, I guess a lot of the stuff that probably went on and happened wouldn't happen nowadays for sure. <laughs> Let's just kind of leave it at that. <laughs> that's a that's pretty politically correct answer. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That is good. I'll, I'll tell you a good story on that because everybody, when you say that to social media, cell phones, like we didn't have phones. Couldn't. I mean, I, I, I'm telling. I never phoned home for a month because I I'd have to I'd have to put put quarters in a payphone to call and I. I didn't matter. I was just rodeo. They knew I was good. I was fine. I didn't. Mom didn't. They, I was probably worried sick. But never ever told me that. But one time we were driving down across Montana, and uh, we were somewhere out wherever, and Slewater's driving or something. And Dale, I can't remember who was all in there. And I'm. I got the sports news open. Cheyenne closes in 15 minutes, and I hadn't got us entered yet. And I'm like, we are screwed. We're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there no cell phones and computers hadn't even thought of. So we, I said, pull down this road, this laneway here. So I think a Slewater was driving and pulls down this laneway and we drive down this dirt road and there's, we get over the hill and here's a house and a, I got to get a phone. I can't, I can't miss Cheyenne. So we pull in and there's about 200 cars. There's got to be 300 people. Anyways, family reunion going on. So I'm like, we pull right up to the front and I just get out of the truck and I got sportsies in my hand and I got my entry book and I go and I bang on the door and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, can I use your phone? And it, so I'm in the kitchen. There is people everywhere and I'm dial up Procom. It's probably was a dial up. I don't imagine they had push I'll call it Enter Cheyenne. So, yeah, it was a crazy time, but that was the stuff you had to do back then. <laughs> That's a good thing. Oh. Um, so you you traveled a bunch with Bobby Del Vecchio too, right? And lots of people that maybe they don't know, he's from originally from the Bronx, New York. So, 
what was it like getting to travel with that guy and maybe see how he lived his life? Probably a lot different than a guy from Red Cliff, Alberta did. Yeah. Meatball. So, you know what? It, it was pretty cool. When we went to Madison Square Garden in, in 83, that was the first time I was ever there. And uh, we were on bus going from, no, you know what? It was during that presidential deal. And that's where I met Bobby's dad. And uh, he's a really cool guy. And, you know, and yeah, heck, Bobby and I went way back. I mean, I flew in his plane with him a bunch and and he was he was a rock star. And he I'll tell you, that guy lived a tough life. Like people don't understand that guy's all there. Like he he was like he says he was stealing hubcaps and doing bad things when he was a kid and he got out of there. But he he's all there. He is a big, stout, strong scrappy dude that you do not want to bail in the middle of and that and he could ride and he was he was the first that guy was you know ryan can probably remember you know when meatball showed up and i mean he started blowing them kisses and doing all that stuff i mean he was a stud and yeah. man, when he showed up people knew he was there i have a picture that we got to track down for the for the social media but it's like I got to bring it up because it's one of my first like memories of looking at the wall and there's a picture and it's dad when you're at the NFR and Cody on Cowtown, that big, that, I think that just like epitomizes fucking uh, bull riding it. at that time. Huge, scary brindle. Oh, wait, um, picture oh, wait, in, my, in my scrapbook. I, I have that cut out in my scrapbook. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty old school. I, I grabbed my scrapbook. This is Joe Wimberly hung up. But that yep. picture of Cowtown you're talking about, Tanner, I'm positive that's in a CPRA magazine, is it not? It's like back from remember the CPRA yearbooks with you. Dad's with got Cody it. Dad? Right, you got it, Dad. Right, you got a hold yeah. of his horn and yeah, yeah Cody's but underneath exactly of him, and that thing's like fucking twenty two hundred pounds. Looks like yeah. an elephant. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, you, yeah. Ryan, you got it. Good old days, Cody, huh? <laughs> back when they bucked. <laughs> Never had that. You know, remember when that fucking muley knocked your teeth out and you're so mad in the middle of the arena? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I spit my spit a handful of teeth out, but I thought he busted my jaw and I thought it was jawbone. Like, <laughs> I thought I mean he freaking hit me hard. I was oh, sure I... he busted my jaw and I spit and there was all this white stuff in my hand. And I'm like, he busted my jaw. But <laughs> all it was was and that was a goofy thing. He busted all them teeth out, and I, I won seventeen thousand at the NFR that year, and I spent fifteen thousand getting my teeth fixed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long old NFR. Yeah, <laughs> I remember in that year when I had 018 and because I Lane Lane was the guy he would go to the he'd go to the office and hang out for the draw every night. Right, that was Lane's yeah. deal. Nobody else. And and I uh, so I'd call Lane's call Lane and. There was that year I drew every rank, rank fucker. son of a bitch there was. And I said, I says, what do I got? He says, <laughs> I'll never forget it. He's, and he kind of laughs. He says, what do you think you got? He says, oh, 18. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, when the, when the NFR switched Cody from Oklahoma city to, to Las Vegas, I know like, you know, in the recent years when, when the NFR was moving to Texas and all that stuff, all the uproar and different opinions on it all. What was the, what was the thought process behind everybody when it was moving from Oklahoma city to Las Vegas for people before it, or was it kind of, everybody's like, what the hell's going on here? What's Las Vegas or what was the thought process for you guys? There were not for it. A lot of them. I mean, you know, a bunch of us were, and I remember it just clear as day and they, they got these pins made um, that everybody was supposed to wear. It said, stay in Oklahoma City, don't leave for Vegas or something like that. Like, I mean, 
it was a big deal. And we had, geez, we went to tons of meetings over that. And, you know, I was part of it. I mean, I had won the world and then this comes along and that, you know, and I, I was kind of, I didn't, I didn't really know, but I had a pretty good idea that Las Vegas was going to be a lot better. And, you know, a lot of guys voted for it and a lot voted against it. And, uh, and as it turned out, I mean, it's the greatest, it's the, the greatest move that PRSA and professional rodeo ever made was, was, so was it a referendum Las then, Vegas. like Cody, was it going to go on the vote? Like how the vote went was the decision or was it just Cowboys trying to like just campaign to stay or Oklahoma people? Yeah, just, you know, Cowboys. you know what, Jason, some guys are, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of guys from Texas, especially guys from Oklahoma. Like they did not want it to leave. Yeah. Well, I and, understand. You know, for it, sure. I understand that, but was it a vote or was it going and it was just a campaign? I can't tell you that. Okay. I, I, I think it was. I, I can't remember. I think we voted on it, if I remember right. You know, don't quote me on that, but I think we all voted. Maybe I, I can remember being in some meetings and some everybody was in some big rooms and stuff, and and there was a lot of talk. And I mean, there was. Some, hard feelings man i mean there was some people that were very very upset over that that thing leaving there and uh you know but it it uh you know that was sean davis and 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 there was a group of guys and they got that thing pulled off man and it and and that was you know like i said the greatest thing that ever happened to rodeo now well you know a lot of this you know we're all involved in pbr now and basically only but there ain't a that's that's the event that is the event like it's it's worth the ticket you got to see it in my opinion it's just what they do there and this you know you're right yeah. you're, you're in vegas man where else the greatest city in the world really yeah you know what I'm, i'll tell you this is the, the other thing when you so the nfr left and then in then the next big vote came it was on them pro tours like and there's a lot of people forgot about that i mean that was ryan remembers that i mean it was a that was huge and and you you ask Lambert, I'm going to tell you that we talked about it. Like PBR probably wouldn't have existed if the pro tours would have stayed around. I mean, that was the first original big, big deal. And man, and there was some hard feelings on it too. And there was a lot of big votes. And I remember being in that one, this, this, this big meeting in Casper, Wyoming. And they had the, they had this other pro tour deal. that was like the fall of 84, whatever. I can't remember anyways. And, I remember Roy Roy Duvall and them guys. And Roy Duvall stood up and he says, "I had my wife read that thing to me three times." And he says, "And I still I don't understand it." He said, "We ain't for it, us and the boys from Dakota. We ain't for it." And that was there was a that just sh- there was a bunch of guys against it, a bunch of guys for it, and it was it was an awesome deal, man. And I, I think you know, in my opinion, if that would have would have kept going, I mean. You know, I, I was on the Wrangler team, the Willie Nelson Wranglers, and I mean, I got around. Geez, Willie wins a wins a the the Grammy last night or whatever for mm. ninety years old for the album of the year. Well, I was around Willie in 1980, 85 and eighty six, and uh, I was on that team. You know, and, and they were paying us. I was getting fifteen hundred dollars an interview. I'd go and do a TV interview or a radio interview. Wrangler would write me a check for fifteen hundred bucks. You know how much money that was back then. Damn. It was huge. And I remember Lane talking Frost, you know, Lane was on, on the Copenhagen team getting, going to doing these interviews and doing appearances and getting paid all this money. And I remember, you know, tough, and, and that was the bull riders and, you know, it was all events and everybody, it was, it was an awesome deal. And then they just, if everybody would have stuck together, 
on that deal, I think like they stuck together the PBR um, might've been a whole different deal, but that's, you know, that that's where we are now. Jordy, did you have the opportunity when it was all going around? I know it was world champions and you being the world champion in 83 with the, with the PBR or what was, what happened during that time with, with you and all that stuff going on? Was in the meeting, didn't write the check. No shit. <laughs> Simple as that. I didn't write the thousand dollar check. I mean, yeah. this is a so Slew Water is another one, like Dan Lowry. Like, you know, he was in the room and he was, there's no way that a bunch of cowboys are going to stick together. He's like, I'm not writing a thousand dollar check. I was hurt. My wrist was screwed up. I was judging Calgary Stampede. And, you know, so I'm going to make 1100. And I, I remember clear as death. I thought, you know, I'm going to make $1,100 to judge the Calgary Stampede. And I'm going to write you guys a check for a thousand. And I'm like, and I was the same. I'm like, there is no way, no way these guys will stick together. Yeah. We we met right at the crossroads. Sam Applebaum was the, the front runner. He was the guy behind it. And, and uh, Tuff and Cody and Lane, everybody was Lane. No, Lane wasn't around then. Lane was our, yeah, Lane was gone already. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it was the group of guys and, and it was a thousand dollar check. And I was just like, nah, I, and I kind of knew my career was kind of, I was, I was, it was, a, you know, my wrist was screwed and I'd had my wrist operated on. And I mean, I was, I couldn't even push a pencil hardly, let alone ride a bull right then. And I'm like, you know, I really wasn't a big part of it and didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's about, a, I guess, a $4 million U.S. haircut, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but if ifs and buts was fruits and nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that um, so that the, there's a lot of we talked to lots of guys on here after retirement they have some struggles and it's it's tough sledding once you leave what you've always known and what you've grown up in especially the way that you talk and a guy like you where it was legit 100 everything you did i know you went into events i don't know if it was right after or soon after but is that kind of how you dealt with being away from it was by putting these events on or did you have some some troubles with with staying away or or not getting on the backs of them anymore oh there's about three or four parts to that but i uh (laughs) i'll tell you this and so the this is this was my lucky transition i uh I, I kind of knew I was kind of screwed. I was kind of done. And Ryan would remember that. I mean, my wrist wouldn't bend and I went and got this. I mean, I've got three screws in there now and it's partially fused and it doesn't bend. I couldn't lift on a rope and I went through hell and that, all of that. There's a bunch of people that know. I mean, you know, I, I rode for five years with a broken bone on my wrist and went undetected. I mean, I had an X-ray a couple of times. And they didn't see it. And back then, what I found out now was these wrists. It was it's a very complex thing now let alone then they really didn't know how to deal with it. So anyways, I was, I kind of had an idea. I was, I, you know, and I had one nothing for a couple of years and I was, I was feeling good and I'm going to come back and I'm just going to tear the world up. Right. So anyways, I, I, the PBR was just starting to get rolling and I met with tough in a hotel room at uh, Stouffer's in uh, Denver and talked to him about bull riding and PBR and, and if I wanted to go and put one on, and I, I really hadn't done much more work on it. Well, two weeks later, I get on uh, 44 was Bull's number of uh, Sonny Riley's at Fort Worth. Turns back, wave my hand, NFR Bull, and bucks me off. And I landed on the back of my neck and dislocated my shoulder. And I was like, 
man, they got to pop back in. And I'm like, I'm done. I just knew I was done. I was sick of being hurt, whatever. And I, I got on an airplane and I flew home and I said to Rhonda, you know, she was, uh, her and my aunt had a marketing company in medicine. So it was just a perfect tie in. She knew how to market, or, you know, as good as she could. And, and I was just like, you know what? Nobody's doing a bull riding. No, a PBR. It was just starting. Nobody done a PBR in Canada yet. And I was like, and I remember that nobody done it yet. And there's one way. So I, there's a guy there that, at the place where Rhonda was working and we went and rounded up a bunch of money and got some investors and threw some money in. And, and three months after I hadn't even really put a pen to paper from the first of February when I, I think it was February 3rd, when that bull dislocated my shoulder, uh, May 6th and May 7th of 1993, we put on our first PBR bull ride. And it was the first PBR bull ride ever in, in Canada, in the, the corral in Calgary. And uh, we did it for a couple of years there. And then, we just rolled after that and, and kept it going. And to go back, Tanner, to when you you say that, you know, for me to be fortunate enough to still be involved, I mean, I, you know, what hell I got done and I was judging rodeos and you just, it's very hard to when you eat it, just dream it. And, and then it's just done. You know, and like Jason, you're around all them hockey players. I mean, you handle all them guys. I mean, it, there's nothing worse than when you're, when, when you just can't do it and, and the hard part, you know, all of your buddies and all your friends and you're just, you're done and that's it come to an end. And, you know, you're not driving up and down the road and doing all the stuff that you're doing. And so, you know, but, and, and so, you know, to still be involved and, and to be around the guys and to, to be involved in bull riding and, you know, and I, I mean, Heck, Ryan, you you knew me before I was married, and you know you you yep. were there when I got married. My wife, I owe, I mean, I I owe everything to her. We I know mean, that. You don't have to tell us. I think most people, listening, I mean, most people listening know that too. <laughs> you know, she has though, and I mean, it. You know, I get you know a lot of because you know winning the world, being a world champion. You know, my name all on them on them events and stuff. But hell, she's she's done as much. She's been there every one of them. She's been there with me, and we. You know, and us together as a team, and now with our kids a part of it, helping. I mean, it. You know, Rhonda's been a massive, massive part. She's been as big a part of building bull riding in Canada and and across everywhere. I mean, she's been a part of. It. You know, she's she's got great knowledge and she she understands. And you know, so we, you know, it, it it's been great. And you know, I I, I can't say not. You know, she's she's my rock. We're business partners. You know, best friends and. And we're we're still rolling on, and we got a heck of a bull ride now, and uh, you know, and, and things are good. It, uh, it it's fantastic. I still and don't know how you got her though. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was just gonna say, and she's way better looking than you too. <laughs> no, she's an awesome woman. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's uh, you know, and she, 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 you know, and she was, you know, she's. She went to Miss Canada and she was Miss Medicine Hat and all that. She was around all that stuff. She grew up around her, you know, the Slinker name. She was a Slinker. They're still one of the biggest names in Medicine Hat. You know, that Slinker name, auction business synonymous around Medicine Hat. And, you know, so us us as a team, you know, we've we've put together a pretty good thing and done a, geez, I don't know. I need to try to count it, you know, but if you, you know, with bull ridings, I, I say we've done around 400, you know, and you take those those events like when you do days you know like this bull riding like we could do four bull ridings in four days four separate bull ridings and we've done you know all this different stuff we've done 
somewhere, you know, 350 or 400 days of bull riding, you know, so it, it's a bunch and we've, you know, we've gone all over, gee, we did that, we did that, you know, the, the P, PRC extreme bulls tour for a couple of years and did 10 events a year down there. And, you know, we did that like where I met the Bushes and, you know, George Bush senior and junior there in Houston in the Reliance center, all in big events down there. And, you know, we've done all kinds of small charity events and, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's been fun and it, and every day you learn something new, man. That's, that's the thing with this business. And, uh, every day is something new and it's a new, new adventure and a, a new something that you need to learn. Well, you talk about learning something new. I got a quick little ditty here for you. I remember Ryan towards the end of his career. Uh, of course I was, you know, well, getting into mine fairly far and Ryan and I were fighting some of your events together and, I knew the gig. Ryan was getting paid a fair jag more money than I was, uh, you know. That, that and that guy beside you sitting there in the middle, he he was a pretty good negotiator back then, and I was cheap <laughs> as hell, and he was pretty good at negotiating. Yeah, he was getting paid pretty good. Wait, well, Ryan he's forgot that now. Yeah. He fucking changed now, Jason. Yeah, he's he's negotiating. Now he's negotiating for his side, not the bullfighters. But you know what? It's but just seniority, like, I, man. I dealt, right. with, no. I, I dealt with Ron. So here, I just want to add up to that. So anyways, uh, Ryan kind of retires and I knew he was making more money. Yeah, you're right. Seniority for sure. I went a couple more years to some of your events and, you know, I, one day I was just like, shit, I need, I need to get paid some more money. And that's always a nerve wracking deal, you know, approaching the owner and whatever. So I remember, and I tell this lesson to like, you know, younger guys that are coming up and, and it'll all make sense here in a second. But I remember walking up to you and I was like, you know, Cody, I, I need some more. I need some more money to do these events. And you looked at me as quick as quick could be and said, well, fuck, all you had to do was ask. And I was like, <laughs> son of a bitch. I could have asked two years ago. I thought better. about it for a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah. <laughs> so I tell well, you, I tell you, you know, you all you got to do is ask. The worst you're going to say is no. Right. No, so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's all, that's all part of the deal, you know, and it, I mean, you guys know I'm, I'm a loyal guy, man. When you start with me, I've, I kept guys around like a long time, you know, and, yeah. and uh, you, you try to, you, you try to build, it's part of building the brand and you try to, you know, I've, I've had a lot of good guys and seen a lot of good guys come and go over the years for sure. And that like the bird family, Jesus. Yeah. Like you, Think about it, and I don't know why you haven't got Bo on here. Like <laughs> six of us across there, and you'd have had all everybody in there. Whole family, yeah, because you know Bo's fought, but you know, like all yeah. you guys have fought bulls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been good. We've uh, we've enjoyed having the Byrne family around for a long time, and you know, he's <laughs> your old man, and I go back a long, long ways. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to. I want to ask. Cody, I want to, well, we're getting long here. I got more shit to ask you, but we'll have to bring you back for another time. But I know highlights of of the high mark ride at the CFR, winning Del Rio, World Championships. There's so many of these different moments within your career that I'm sure could stand out as the biggest moment. But Ryan, from you watching Cody and being in the arena for all of them, is there a moment that stands out to you? Or, or what was, you know, as the bullfighter guy, you know all the bullrider guys, uh, Cody's reputation, kind of just from the from his bull riding career. Do you remember um, remember anything like that? Yeah, there's there's many of them. I, I've watched Cody since um, 
like he he pissed off steer riders and bull riders in the amateur association because he'd go there and win both the events so um i've watched him for a long time but i just his try his determination um the way he went about it and uh he's a class act and even with the events and everything else but i think probably the biggest thing is to watch him and even i watched an old video the other day is to uh as a young kid in 1983 on the last bull ever to ride him and you know or not ever i mean the last bull of the nfr uh when he won it and went threw his arms up in the air and and cheering and the long hair flowing and I mean, that's, he just didn't do it for, for uh, himself. He did it for Canada and he got a lot of young kids rolling at that time and pumped up and wanting to be just like him. So yeah, it's a cool guy. <laughs> Cody, what stands out for you as, as the, the biggest one? And if you say Del Rio, you got to talk about how sweet the party was. Cause I think that that was supposed to be <laughs> unreal, but, uh, what, uh, what stands out for you? Maybe is it the, the 95 ride or is it the world championship or Del Rio or meeting the president? What, what really stands out for you from your career? Well, you got, you know, I'm stick. I mean, I'm a bull rider. I still am. I mean, I'm to me, I'm, I'm a bull rider. I always have been, always will be. And, and you know, it, uh, then would be the two, two things, you know, Tanner, I, uh, you know, to win the world, like to, that is, that is the culmination of a dream of, of everything that you lived, breathed, everything. And you get on them bulls and go to Will Gerlitz's and get on seven bulls. And, you know, we'd go to Wilson, we'd have to go through pens of bulls, not bulls, pens of bulls to get to the ones you wanted to get to. That was how cagey he was. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know, think he got on seven before he got on the one you wanted. <laughs> yeah and i remember when he had his that herf oscar and them good ones standing back in there when yeah. you get to them and he had pens you get on the nice spinners then you get on the bad eliminators and then you anyways <laughs> it was all of that stuff and it it was uh you know that that year was a culmination of you know roading with your best friends and with rock bar and, and dan lowry you end up being one of my best friends sit up my wedding and dale johansson my best friend of all and and, and, you know, we rode you so many years together and, you know, that, that stuff and just in all the people you got to meet and, you know, and I, um, but, and, and, but when you bring up that, that ride, that 95 at the CFR, I think, I mean, that, that second, it's a close second. That's a record. It's 40 years old. I mean, it's yeah. been there forever and I can, I remember, you know, three standing ovations. I mean, it was, it was absolute chaos. They painted my name across the, walkway when you went across in the parkway park parking lot across the road over there to get to uh, northlands coliseum <laughs> i mean people went it was it was crazy it was such a different vibe back then it was such it was new and brand new and you know and when i won the world like geez i mean i get home and i get back to medicine and they take me i'm in a fire truck going up and down the streets in downtown medicine and then we go to red cliff and i mean the streets i'm talking and it was like hundreds of people lining it was it was such a new nobody had ever done anything like that yeah. it was it was a it was a big deal it was a you know and to think back and i've done a lot of reminiscing since you know with this induction deal and to go back and think of those years and all the cool stuff and all the you know, just, you know, the people that you got to meet and, and the places you got to go and is, you know, lived a dream. How do you get three standing ovations? You know, Bob Tolman. No, I like this. Stuff. Yeah. How, how I, I, I love you it. know, I, and I'm going to tell you, I can't totally remember it that 
but I remember I, I got off them and I mean, they stood, I mean, they knew it was really good. Yeah. And then I'm standing there and Bob Tallman goes to screaming 95. Man. <laughs> I was like, Holy gee. And I was like, wow. And I'm kind of standing there and, and I'm kind of standing in front of the shoots and I'll never forget and sleepy Greg Slaughter standing there. He says, for Christ's sakes, walk out there again. They want to give you another one. So, you know, sleep this up. I walked out and I tipped my hat and they stood up again. So there was your three. It was crazy. Yeah. But it, yeah, it was That's awesome. sold out arena. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's, there, there's a lot of great ones and fantastic, but you know, as far as just straight bull riding right to the, what you did and this is why you did it. And, what I what I did everything for, and that's that's the that's the great things. That brought up uh, a memory when you asked Cody about what them Texans and Oki thought of him winning the world title. It's like what one Texan thought of your dad being bullfighter at the NFR. Ask <laughs> ask your old man how that ended up for that guy. <laughs> I let the bells ring on the casino table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, yeah. You know, when you think about that, Ryan, like, geez, you know, and I don't ever, you know, think about it a lot, but you being the first guy, I mean, it, that rattled some chains, man. There, I mean, there was a lot of good guys around Skipper and, yeah, geez, you know, I guess Chapman was probably around the, you know, and, and Rex, Rex yeah, Dunn. Miles. I mean, there was a lot of great guys and, geez, and you slid in there and Smets is around there and Miles. <laughs> I mean, that was yeah. a. That, that was a great time for Canadian bull riding. And you think of all them bulls that Northcott had at the NFR. I think they had like nine bulls there or something, seven or nine bulls yeah. at the NFR. Yeah. Like there was a lot of Canadian content back then that it was. It On was that, Cody, what content. do you compare? Uh, I know it's hard to whatever apples and oranges, but what do you compare bulls to now to them? You know, there's always been a lot of rank bulls around, but anybody who says, yeah. you know, I mean, there's just so many of them, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, it's just, it's, it's staggering. I mean, now, right. You know, guys get on like now there's so many, like the depth. Oh yeah. I mean, it, and the bulls, you know, there was always ranked bulls around. Like you look at Cowtown, like 018 on its day. I mean, he fit right in the middle of this stuff and he's yeah. meaner than everyone, any one of them walking right now. Yeah. You know, three sevens and sevens of harry's um you know 105 adele's is a rank bull bar 48 that was another bull adele halls i remember yeah. it was i mean i can pick there's but pacific bell but then yeah pacific bell you know in in the you know the Mid cowboy channel they've done such a great job of of, of promoting rodeo and i mean it's it's so awesome what they're doing but they were showing some of those old nfr um you know the mm -hmm. 86 87 they showed some of that stuff and the bulls were actually, I hadn't looked at those tapes for a long time. The bulls were actually better on there than I thought they would look. Yeah. The horses sucked. Yeah. Like the horses were horrible. And they, the change in the horses. So we're not only talking how much better the bulls are now. Look at the bucking horses. When you yeah. go back to them years and compare them to now, it is unbelievable what, like the Calgary Stampede and the horses that they're breeding and all these guys. I mean, you look at that stuff down in the U.S. I mean, Pete Carr and 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 who is it? Pickett. I mean, yeah. Colin Pickett. That them horses. It, it's unbelievable. But when you go back to bulls, I mean, there's always been a lot of rank bulls around. But you know, you you know, there's just so many of them. And yeah, and and it just and it, and I don't know. You know, where does that end? I mean, it just it just keeps getting on. You know, where do these kids? Where do these young guys yeah. get to get on? I mean, I don't know. I'm not privy to that. I. You know, I guess, you know, down when you get into the U.S. into bull riding, bull rider country where there's so many more people, you know, Oklahoma, 
and Texas, I mean, there's, you know, how many young guys is there? I mean, I, I, I just don't know where the, where the heck do you go to get on yeah. practice bulls to learn, to get to those, like we said, Jason, those 10,000 reps, like, man, you know, to, to get to, to get to the point where you're getting on, you know, like four or 500 bulls, like your body is going to be like, it's been on 1500 already. Cause yeah. I mean, their rank and you hit the ground. I mean, it's a, it's a whole different deal. And like, look at it day in and day out. I mean, look at our bull ridings, you know, guys, when you get bucked off, you, you get bucked off hard and, and, and a lot, like there's no, there's not much easy out there anymore. Yeah. It's uh, it's all there. And, you know, for these kids, when they show up, they got to be prepared because it, it, like Shane Franklin says, this is senior bull riding. This ain't no junior bull riding around here. <laughs> what was your percentage, do you think, in 83 when you won the world? How many did you stay on? 50%, 70%? 80. Like, yeah. I did, I, like we didn't get bucked off very much, man. Yeah. Back then, like, I, you know, and I, I'll tell you, I can tell you this in 1987, I think I rode better in 1987 than I did in 83. And, and I, I rode, uh, I rode 37 in a row, got bucked off one and rode 18 in a row. Yeah. Like, and I remember those, but it was a different deal. Like you, you know, heck Ryan, like, you know, I mean, you were right there alongside of, of me and Dale and, you know, in 87 yeah. and slew water and stuff. And we were going like, you just didn't get on, you know, you get into those streaks where you just, you know, you're drawn it, but if a bullet turned back and spin, man, you were real happy a lot of times and you could go yeah. through streaks. Like I, I, I think I remember there was times where you I'd ride like 15, 16 in a row, get bucked off a one and ride another six or eight and win three or $4,000. Like yeah. you wouldn't even place. Yeah. It's just a, such a different time. It's just, it's, it's, it's just like an apple and an orange compared to now the bulls, these guys get to get on every day and, yeah. And, uh, you know, you just, when you ride good, you just got so much opportunity out there that, that it, it is not a drawing contest at all anymore, man. It is yeah. a riding contest. Yeah. When you came back to Canada, that truckload of guys that you were just talking about, did, was it just like everybody knew that, that you guys were going to win kind of, you know, everybody talks about like tough and Cody and lane and that truckload that yeah. when they showed up, they were going to win, but you could put that truckload right up there too. Right. Was that kind of the case? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I remember like me and Rockabar at the winter rodeos that year. And geez, like he first one we go to Denver, he wins Denver and I win third. And then it just didn't end. I mean, he ends up winning, winning. I think he won third or fourth at Fort Worth and should have won it. Rode 22 of Burnus's in the short round was still, it was a rank bull. Bull went three ways with him. And I mean, that bull buck, he didn't, they didn't get him rode very much. Rockabar, he was the first or second guy out in the short round and wasn't very many points. But anyways, yeah, and then like, and I remember like Slewater and I, man, when we showed up, we knew there was two checks going every time. Like it was, and but we were, and it wasn't, we weren't, it wasn't cocky. I mean, everybody knows Slew. I mean, Slewater's the least. <laughs> it was we just we just didn't hit the ground very often, and you know if if we drew anything at all, we were going to win money pretty much. You know, and damn sure one of us was going to. There was one check leaving every time, and. You know, and then and, and 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 Dale, I mean, when Dale and I got going in like in 87, we had a really good fall. And every time we showed up, we were winning, you know, we were winning money. And it that's there's no better feeling than that. And and you know, and and, and that's one thing with with young guys that you know that rodeo with guys that you know get in with other guys that can ride. Because you're only, you know, you feed off of each other. And I that you know, like 
I, I I mean, I remember when I go back to to the guys that I rodeoed with, man, the best years was was them guys when you were just winners and you you talked bull riding, you ate bull riding, you breathed bull riding. And man, I can remember like driving across Texas and going to Del Rio and stuff. And you just, it was just all bull riding, nothing else. Yeah. Epic. We asked this question to uh, lots of the guys on the podcast and you being a world champion, one of the best ever in the world. Um, you've seen them from when you rode and then from putting on events after that, you got to see all these other bull riders as well. I know it's a really tough question, but in your opinion, who do you think uh, was was the best? Is the best best you've ever seen ride bulls? Best bull rider that you've ever seen? It's loaded, I know. <laughs> oh, that's that's loaded, but I I will tell you, you know, Tough Hedeman was still. I mean, back him into a corner, and he was that guy was hard to get on the ground, hard to get on the ground. Um, Jim Sharp got hurt some, you know, Jim's groins kind of went on him, um, rode really good. Um, and Justin McBride, I mean, I'll tell you, I was, I was a captain of team Canada a couple times. He rode this brindle down in Mexico and it changed the whole complexion of that whole thing. And I still, to this day, don't know how he got by him. I mean, this thing flew out across there and hit and away from his hand. And I, that guy, him. I mean, it's very hard. Mooney. I mean, I got to, because yeah. I got to see, especially with them, you know, at them, at them World Cup stuff, I, I seen Mooney ride. Like, that guy is, like. Well, highlight reel. I don't know. He's, there's a highlight. He could, you could do an hour of J.B. Mooney highlight, I think. I really think. Yeah. That's the first yeah. time we've heard us from any guest, isn't it, guys? Yeah, that's kind of the first time, yeah. 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 What's that? First time, first time we've asked that question with Tanner asked Jim Sharp almost every time. I think every time with the exception. Now Razor was Razor was bad ass, man. There too, but that's yeah. first time Tufts names come up, and you you could never... ride. Yeah, and Tufts attitude, he just zero quit. Still to zero today, it's zero quit. And I mean, he's had some injuries in the back. You know, he's had some neck problems, not because of that. I mean, he just yeah, wouldn't let like go. And, He's got three world you know, titles. You know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you one other guy, that Terry Don West. I mean, if, if he wouldn't have stayed in the amateurs as long as he did, I that guy would have did a lot of damage. I mean, he was he was half wore out by the time he got over here. I, mean, I, I came with yeah. Ryan. It, it, your BRO, it was a BRO at Saddle Dome. I don't know if that was the first time you did one in Saddle Dome, but it was. 1995, he won it. Yep. Yep, bull riders only was the shit. That was that was the event then. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that guy was sick. Uh, yeah. uh, Ryan, right hand delivery, I believe. Um, the big yellow white face. He wrote, that was it. Redip. Yeah, that yellow bull of uh, of Northcott's called uh, Redip. Redip. Yeah, Copenhagen Redip. Yeah. Yep, Redip. Huh. Yeah, yeah, and he rode him just easy, and he he rode some, and on then some of them films, some of that stuff. I mean that. But he, like I said, he was old and kind of half wore out by the time he got over here. But man, it's it's just yeah. There's there's a lot of guys. It's hard to to pick out. There's just so many guys that rode so good. Well, we love getting the opinions of the guys that have done it and been there and the best, right? So that's pretty cool to hear that. But uh, Scott has got our uh, infamous question for the podcast. Cody, good chat with you today. Uh, you know, what more can we say? You you lit it on fire way back in the day and. 
and uh, you're a fiery redhead still today and keep people in check and keep people hustling. So that's awesome. Uh, this is the uh, NFP podcast. Um, you, we have our take on it. What's yours? Man, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I just, I just look at, you know, bull riding's hard, bull riding's tough. You know, you gotta, you gotta give it all. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, there's no halfway in this if you want to succeed and be good at it. You got to – that's my take on it. If you're going to get in there, it's it's not easy. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get banged up. It's really hard. And you got to take you got to take the good with the bad. And and just, you know, bull riding's a tough sport. And, and you, you, you got to – you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're willing to, to put it in – put everything in it, Lay it on the line, live it, breathe it, dream it. I mean, there's the possibilities are endless. Oh, I like that. Uh, Cody, the bull runs that you did, the Cody Snyder's bull bus, since I remember growing up, going to them as a little kid with uh, with dad here with Ryan. And, and I remember you coming down from the rafters, dad. You remember doing that all the time? And it was kind of like the first time that, that stuff like that that had been around, I'm assuming, because it was like, during PBR times and the pyro and all that cool extra shit on it. But uh, there was one wreck of, of a bull maybe getting loose at the saddle dome. And I'm sure the whole life of figuring out bull rides and putting these on was the school of hard knocks and learning as you go. But uh, how, how'd that one play out for us? We need to hear this. Well, well actually at this point, we should have knew better <laughs> 20 years into it. <laughs> well, so I have this, this bull is, they, this flag, what was his name? Night Prowler? And he's yeah. a dirty, Night mean hooking. He, he, he wasn't even a bull selected to be there. He was just a PR bull. That's <laughs> no, what he, he, yeah. And I, so I had Tyler Thompson, I had Tyler bring him over because we were doing some TV stuff before. And so we, we kept him. We had set some shoots and stuff up because we needed to do some TV, some hits on it. And we're getting, you know, we had all the all the media and Calgary all excited about everything, and so I had Tyler bring that bull over there, get some pictures, and then he's going to load them up, <laughs> and he he just throws has the gate there, and he thinks he just opened the gate, and he'll just run into the trailer. Well, he goes to go into the trailer, and he just kind of reaches over and gives that gate a little bunk. Out he goes, <laughs> and he's loose on the stampede grounds course nobody around this is we're setting up and we're setting up the buck and shoots and everything in the saddle dome over there and i get this call from tyler cody cody that bull's loose that bull's loose and i'm like i thought he's full i'm like i didn't believe him i said no tyler he said he's loose and he's kind of screaming at me well i go running up the ramp out the back of the saddle dome and here comes that bull and i'm like Oh, and now what do we do? So we get in a truck and we go to try to head him off and get him down into the saddle dome. Well, he just cuts it east and goes across the river and crosses a river and goes up the side of the hill over there to all them houses over there. Like that's where JP Beachill and guys live over there across yeah. over on the other side. We jump in trucks and Jason's there and we all get in two oh, trucks. And, and, and we let's not forget, it was 47 below. And I don't think <laughs> I'm exaggerating. No bullshit. It was freaking yeah, and the, yeah. The crazy thing that we we started setting up, we were setting up that arena with t-shirts on, and by that night it was forty yeah. something below. The weather just turned, and it just got stupid cold. I'll tell you. Anyways, I'll that bull he gets up there and he, the story here. He I heads down Spiller Road, and 
And he's just, and I mean, this dude is big. He's going right down the sidewalk. Like you can't even, you can't, you can't. Right. School's this, out. This is 3.30 in the afternoon too. School's just 3.30 in the afternoon. People on the sidewalks. So I go up ahead. There's this little kid. And I, I can't remember how I said it to Jason, but Jason's in a van, somebody's van. No, I'm and, inside you. I'm right beside you in your truck. Were you right beside me? Oh, yeah, you were right yes. beside me and Tyler. And I, and look at that kid. And... Look at that kid. And he's standing like a little kid walking down the sidewalk with his head down. This kind of kick in the snow, you know? And this bull, we're about two blocks from this kid, maybe block and a half. And I'm like, look at that, Cody. That is not going to end well. <laughs> so Cody pins it, gets up. I get out. And I come running, yelling at this kid, get out of the way, get out of the way. He pops his head up. I'm running at him. I pick him up. The kid's probably been told by his parents, don't talk to strangers. And I'm running at him and I grab him and get over the fence. And that bull goes right by. <laughs> Put that kid down. I know you've scarred for life for sure. And this is when the weather sets in. Because Cody, so you made one up. save in your life. He left me. <laughs> Cody left me. He left me there. And I'm standing oh, on the street. He kept chasing oh, the goddamn bull. And there I was standing out. No toque, no mitts, no nothing. I don't even know if I had a good jacket on. Oh, my God. And then I had to walk back. How far would I have been to the saddle dome? Cabs wouldn't come. Yeah. Cabs weren't even running. It was so damn cold. Probably <laughs> 10, 15 blocks. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. It was not bull. He goes, it, it's still, I, to this day, I, I still can't believe that we got him hemmed up, that we, Tyler's just freaking out, screaming, what are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I'm just like, and then he'd, then he'd run, head down the street and then he'd go down an alley. It was just crazy. And then we would drive and, and find him and, and just kind of work, had a little bit of cow sense. And it was crazy. And he goes across railroad tracks and we get him penned down in this, in this um, big yard, in this it was a big yard that was, well, it was a big yard, finished, but the first, right? and then he hooks the gate open, we get the gate shut and then he hooks the gate open and gets out again. And then he's out again. And then he's running, and the best part of this whole deal. So me and Tyler are listening to it on the radio, and Jerry Forbes, who is the, the rock star DJ on CJ, he's, he's on the radio going, there's a bull loose on Spiller Road. Beware, everybody. There's a wild bull loose. Got loose from the bull riding. <laughs> oh, my God, this is bad. So we get down, and there's these big – um warehouses that they they store whiskey mash and stuff in and they for uh alberta distillers and they're i mean i'm talking these these warehouses are like you know 500 yards long the bay yeah football and there's a gate open there and this bull he comes and it's unbelievable so there's a guy from canada post has been following us (laughs) in his postal van with mail loaded in it (laughs) and he sees and how he, why he did it, this bull, I go to, in my truck and I try to head him and get him to turn into that gate. And I don't even know what I'm going to do when I get him in there. He goes to run by and this guy in the can of the post truck just hits him and nails him and knocks him into the fence. Like I'm talking, hit him hard. And this bull flies like six, eight feet over there, upside down into this, into this side of this fence and kind of gets up and kind of knocking goofy smashes the front all in on the you on the, on the post oh. office truck, <laughs> bull gets up and wanders down into that into that uh, great big area with all them warehouses in there, and we kind of get the gate shut on them, and then we get there with a horse trailer and we get them loaded well, up. And it but was, the best part <laughs> too was you got them in that yard, and then like you said, that building was a hundred yards long, and there was a fence yeah. behind it, 
and, and the building butted up to the fence, but there was a hundred yards of runway and you blocked it off with your truck until the trailer got, I come with Dwayne Wiley in the trailer and we backed that trailer in, but that, that bull was on the hook by then the post office guy pissed him off, but there was no way to get him to run up that hundred yards and nobody was walking down there because we all know how mean that prick was. So that was another, that was another uh, event in itself, just getting them on the trailer. <laughs> yeah. The, the crazy part. So Tyler, Tyler jumped out and he, and he grabs, and he had a chunk of rope to tie. So to tie that gate shut because the stupid thing had hooked the gate open when we were at this uh, Cisco, the big Cisco plant with all these trucks and stuff, we had him hemmed up in there and then he hooked the gate open. And then he was just, I know this is taking too long, but no, it's perfect. So I get Tyler and I said, tie that, tie that gate and just tie it shut and just don't let that bull out of there. So, anyways, he this bull, he goes up and it, this is like a huge, there's nothing. It's it's surreal. There's snow on the ground. And this bull goes up and he just runs around the corner of this huge building. And and there's a door. You, this is you can't even you can't make this up. So there's a door leaned up against the side. They've taken a door off. You know, just like a little four foot door. And I'm like, I just threw it in the back of my truck. And I'm like, I'm trying, I got to get a gate or something. Just, I don't know what the hell I'm, anyways, I get up there and I pull around and I see up around the edge of this building. And there's three of these buildings. And I see his ass just go past down the end of that, that building down over there. So I just pull up there in my truck and to block him off like a gate. But, and I get out and I, he's about halfway down there and I get, the end gate open on my truck but there's still about three feet and i'm like he's just gonna come right by i got this door <laughs> you can't anyways I grab this door, the door. <laughs> and i hold this door up between the side of the building and the end gate of my truck and here he comes and he is pissed <laughs> i mean snorting mad and i gotta hold this door and he comes and he kind of hit it with his horn and he kind of and i'm just and I'm just, and I'm holding on, and it had one of those handles that you used to push a door open. <laughs> and I'm holding it, and I, I kind of don't hear, and I kind of look really slow because I don't know if he's still standing there. It's like something going to kill you. And I look around the edge, and he kind of wandered off, walked down there, and I'm like, I think we got him. <laughs> we pulled that horse trailer up there, and, and now he's pissed right off again. So we got perfect timing. I've got my truck, and we got that, that trailer, and we just, Soon, when I pull my truck head, you guys back that yeah, trailer up. That trailer I pull back. my truck head about two feet. They back that trailer up, and he's pissed, and he flies and jumps into that trailer, and we shut the door. And <laughs> yeah. let's go bucks and bulls in the saddle dome. <laughs> hey, what happened to the poor fucking postman? Yeah, and, and and the funny thing, we brought that postman to the bull riding, and you remember that, Jason? We put him up on the on the damn big screen and we interviewed him and everything and we said this is the greatest guy and he saved the freaking world man. same calgary canada post <laughs> jacket on and stuff at the bull riding that night it was awesome he, we made that guy he, he yeah, felt he like did. a rock star i'll tell you he was he, he saved, saved the day it was funny he saved the day cody we do appreciate your time i know we took up lots of it but um there's still more to get to when you have a legendary career like you and then as well as putting on all these events and all the stuff you did after your career too it's we could talk for hours but once again congratulations on the hall of fame very very well deserved proud to know you proud to be able to look up to you and get to come to your bull ridings and 
and all the help that you've given all the guys over the years it means more than than you'll ever know and what you've given back to the sport i think is right up there with that world championship as well so we appreciate you and we thank you for coming on the nfp podcast thank you congrats man yeah congrats Cody. Congrats.